0: Hello, beautiful people. It is Monday, May 2nd, 2022, and this sports show shall begin right now. Yeah, thank you enough for joining us. Hope you had an incredible weekend. The weekend that had the NFL draft, as well as some NBA playoff games that were electrifying the NHL playoff start tonight. Oh, yeah. We're getting into a time where there's some veterans getting signed around the NFL. It is a glorious time to be alive. And we appreciate you joining us right here at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. Now the room is packed with the uh-huh. toxic table at Ty Schmidt and at Boston Connor. Connor, your mullet looks fantastic. Don't
1: oh, know. thanks Pat. You, also have what they say, the 35-year-old glow. So oh. happy, birthday. <laughs> happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy
0: birthday. Happy birthday. 35 years. Hell yeah. Long time. Yeah, long time. Hey. Long time. Long time. Long. When I was a child, I thought 35, you know, I'm probably not going to make it there. Honestly, for a large part of my life, I assumed I was not going to make it past 30. And that is not because I'm a negative person. It's no. because I was a super positive person. Yeah. So much so as, hey, I would do anything at any time. Whatever you got to do. We need to drink 30, 40 beers tonight. we got to right. do that. Tomorrow we have to do the same thing. Let's do it. That led me right. into a little bit of... Uh, you know, burning it from both ends type life. Sure. So there was a lot of times where I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy tonight as if it is my last night on earth. And I really did have that mentality. I attack life as such. And I just assumed that it wasn't going to last long. So then I make it to 30. I'm like, God damn, look at me go.
2: Yeah. All right, I'm Rolling. going. Now.
0: Look at you. Then I turn 34. I beat Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus was 33. That's a, that's a monumental Huge. one. Now that I'm 35, I want to let everybody know that I have no idea why and how I get to live the luckiest life and the dumbest life of all time. But I'm very, very thankful. I'm very, very grateful. Uh, I was hoping to not talk about it, but let's get this out of the way now so we don't have to to do do it it for the next three hours. (laughs) Uh Uh, But I'm very thankful. I'm very grateful. I have no idea what the next 365 have in store. Okay, but I am going to try to enjoy every single part of it. I will hope... You know, that everybody gets a chance to enjoy their life through this next year. And uh, I'm very thankful and grateful Mm -hmm. for everybody. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. With that being said, fuck you, Connor.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, you didn't
0: deserve it. I mean, 30 or 40 beers
1: on Saturday wasn't too shabby either, I would say. Hey, shout
0: out to my wife, by the way. My wife, Sam, uh, set up a surprise birthday party on Saturday night. I believe invited everybody. I'm not 100% sure, but I believe invited everybody. And I don't know who all got invited that didn't come either. So I didn't know. I don't know because sure. it was a surprise party until a few hours before the surprise party was supposed to start <laughs> yeah. because uh, we moved into a new house, as everybody knows, because the last house had black mold in it. So I had to get out of that house quickly, move into a new house. House has a couple of different floors. Don't really see you know, many of the other floors other than the main floor. Sure. So I think my wife thought that maybe she could just decorate an entire floor. I would never go down there. I woke up. I was like, I uh, heard Sam downstairs. Mm-hmm. heard the dogs downstairs. I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going on downstairs. Go around, turn the corner. I'm like, what's up? She's like, don't come in here. <laughs> <laughs> so I obviously. Went right went in.
3: Right <laughs> in.
0: <laughs> and, you know, what's that mean? What's going on? And there was an entire party set up already. And uh, I was like, oh, shit, what's going on? Is there, oh, this is for me. Oh, this is a surprise! I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. And she Hugs. was uh, she was actually okay with it because there was it would have been interesting to get you know to figure out how to surprise me. Mm-hmm. But then when everybody came and how much fun we had, I mean, it was an absolute blast. Great so, time! Shout to my wife Sam for setting that up. Thank you so much. The surprise didn't happen. It just happened with me and her. You know, You're right? It was right. just me and her. The mm-hmm. surprising dogs and the cats were there, yep. and I, I'm sure they were surprised too because there's a lot more shit for them to bat around and pop in the middle <laughs> of the night. But the uh, <laughs> The night was a blast, and thank you all so much for coming. Darius Butler's still burping up some. Oh, oh yeah, he's hurt. He was just chugging beers like a white guy. What? Like a white guy. What? He said, oh, I'll have this little tequila here, a little Red Bull. Yeah, I'm just chilling. I'm just chilling. Oh, we got this bottoms-up uh, kegerator thing over here. How does that work? How does that work? Oh, it's cool. you got to try it at least once. <laughs> yeah. Boom, put that thing. Ice-cold Bud Light. What? So smooth. Thank you, Connor, by the way, and Bruce, and uh, for bringing that over. Ice-cold Bud Light there. And Foxy, I think, jumped on the train there, too. The entire... Beer was cold the entire night. Oh, my God. And if you just have that kegerator sitting there, thank you to the previous owner of the house that left that yeah. in there. <laughs> I mean, this is little taste of high society is what I'm experiencing now. I got I got fountains that go into my pool. You well, do? Like oh, yeah. I, I yeah. found that out yesterday, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, uh, that was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. I moved into this house and I had no idea, just kind of moved in there. I got a whole new taste of high society that yeah. I'm living in. Keggerator, the fountain into the pool. I mean, it is. It was a good time. Unreal. It was a great time. We're gonna have to try that again. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that had- keggerator
4: is a problem though, because you're right. It's not like your average keg. You see it even if you're not drinking beer. It's like, well, you know, they're ice cold. They're very smooth, and they fill up in a cool way. So I, yeah. I'm gonna have yeah. to have, have, a have a couple, and then you drink one. It's like, huh. Jesus Christ, that was one of the best beers I've ever had. <laughs> so you got to have another. Well, and
0: then you maybe didn't do it perfectly the first time, but right. you saw somebody else pour it perfectly, and there's a little bit of a timing game for you to push it. And the pool, so you're like, all
4: right, so... I'm prepared next, next time, next time try again. <laughs> yeah. Even
0: if the beer wasn't that good, well, it was probably my fault. It didn't pour that well. Because you, you literally put this... You put the cup... I don't know it penetrates the cup so the keg instead of having a tap you know what i mean it's from the bottom there and you put a cup a specially designed cup yeah it breaks through and then it like, kind of penetrates there and the beer fills from the bottom of the cup up and it's like fucking a
3: movie yeah oh, it's, oh so my God. Cool. it's
0: literally like a movie as it fills up but then you either have to stop it or lift it out in the right time so there's a little bit of a timing game you have to play with it but it is glorious.
4: It is. Mm-hmm. It
0: was a brilliant idea, whoever made it.
4: Yeah. yeah. I was looking how expensive they were. Like, after I got back from your house, I was like, fuck it, I'm about to buy one of these things. It's <laughs> <laughs> thing's awesome. Are they
0: very expensive?
4: Uh, Not as expensive as I thought, but they are for, like, bars. Like, I saw, like, mm-hmm. one of them had set up, like, where uh, bars are filling up pitchers, and they have five of these things, and they're putting the pitchers on there, and then just, choof. Just ripping them I mean, uh, it was unreal. a great idea. Darius,
0: I mean, Darius even got captivated by it. That's yeah. why he came in. Then exactly. he's just chucking beers all of a sudden. That's what and then happens. Then <laughs> <laughs> he's... He had a 6.30 a.m. <laughs> flight. Yeah. Oh. There was no way. No. Oh. no way saw, he was making it. Someone below
1: that posted the uh, photo <laughs> of the lady who was working at McDonald's outside on... <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was perfect. There it were a did. lot of great responses to that. Too. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I appreciate you all so much. Thank you. Thank no, you thank for being you. nice. Uh, thank you for being a part of my life. And thank you for allowing this to be my life everybody that watches it is a uh it's a stupid one we're going mm. we're going to continue to try to go down this road of dumb though i'll tell oh, you yeah. there's a lot of happening in sports and we are going to continue to talk about hell it. yeah mm-hmm. i will say getting to watch other people talk about sports over the weekend you know that was interesting mm-hmm. yeah it's always mm-hmm. a pleasure it was awesome it was interesting yeah, yeah. getting a chance to hear because uh, we're kind of wrapped up in our in our own little world here, our own little blinders, so I don't really get a chance to hear or see what's going on in many other places other than just clips and stuff. But, man, watching that draft all weekend, I got there's people that work for Fox that on NFL Network, uh, people yeah. that work for CBS that were on, like, it was almost like a, a collection of people on mm-hmm. every single. I was enjoying I was enjoying watching it. Interesting. I was learning a lot about a lot of people. The draft, such a spectacular thing. I'm pumped that we have Brandon Bean on today. Hell yeah. Ooh. Yeah, general manager of the Buffalo Bills, they sign, obviously, Elam, which is a great pickup. There's this behind-the-scenes story about uh, Elam showed up at his meeting with the Bills at the Combine with his notebook and was basically like, hey, if you guys want to see like uh, the notes that I take, this is what you can look at. And they were so impressed, it seemed like, by his notebook of how he can get better, what he likes to do. I guess he is a very due diligence-style player, which obviously the Buffalo Bills love, that culture they've built where they're just one coin flip, shall Kyle Brantford killed
4: yeah, it. Yeah,
0: Kyle. Kyle Brandt fucking killed it. Good for you, man. Not easy to get up there and do your thing. Uh, you did it for the Bills Mafia. I'm sure they're all going to be very thankful. That wing looked delicious. Oh. Good, good prop game in there. He absolutely crushed it. But I just think, like, the whole thought that the team that they have built up there is so good. They had yeah. so much patience early. People forget about the amount of patience that they had, not only with Josh Allen, but with McDermott and Bean as a whole. There was a turnover process where Tyrod Taylor was a starting quarterback. He got them to the playoffs for the first time in a long time, and he just wasn't what Bean and McDermott wanted to build their team around. So they moved on from making the playoffs with a brand new thing. They would go on this is with the Patriots being in the middle or the mm-hmm. end of their 20-year dynasty run, the patience that all of Buffalo showed in the the process there and then building the culture and building the team and then Josh Allen from years one to two then two to three and then what the fuck did he become just a a stud, almost yeah. a prototype of what other everybody else is looking for, and if they don't, you know, with the overtime rules, get a chance to answer there. Who knows how that thing goes? Last year, I'm pumped to chat with him. There is no team that is sitting more pretty. Literally, they're the favorites in all the sports books, aren't yeah. they, Tony? Mm-hmm. I, believe so, yeah. I believe they're the favorites to win the Super Bowl next year mm-hmm. in all the sports books Only got better. I think you lose Cole Beasley. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. lose Cole Beasley, but they got that other guy that had, uh, who's the... Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, yeah, he had they four re-sized. touchdowns or whatever, that guy. He was a touchdown scoring machine. They get Stephon Diggs back again. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen's still there. They draft a wide receiver in like the fifth round. I yep. mean, the fucking Bills are a wagon right now. Yeah, and I believe Josh
1: Allen's the favorite to win the MVP, so it really is like the Bills are, are the ones that everyone's kind of looking at. Oh, no. Expectation's so high. Oh, oh no. so high. Oh, well, my, well, my God. The oh, AFC East all of a sudden is just loaded, because the the Pats, and then the Bill, uh, the Dolphins. Excuse me,
0: made a bunch of good. Listen to me, cutting kind a of promo like I'm proving something. By the way, <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, yeah, no fucking shit, dude. Quarterback's the favorite to be the MVP, and the team's the favorite to win mm. the Super Bowl, pal. You're not telling us anything we don't know. They are though. They, no Pro Bowlers on the defensive side of the ball no. last year. Mm-mm. Remember, that's a big time ordeal, um, and they hold that on their shoulder. That mm-hmm. is a spike chip that mm-hmm. they keep right here. I'm ch- I'm excited to chat with Brandon yeah. Bean and Jim Ursay will join us. Okay. 205. Hey. Oh, here we go. Two o five Eastern Standard. Time. Let's go. He, um, obviously, the owner of the Colts. There's a lot to chat about. Uh-huh. Yeah, Matt Ryan. Not only, you know, Yannick Ngakwe and mm. Stefan Gilmore, mm. and he's they've loaded up on vets and money, moving on from Carson. While you're doing that, and also, I believe he has the greatest museum of stuff. That the entire world has ever laid eyes He's supplying museums with stuff. Yeah, yeah. this Unreal. guy. Mm-hmm. And there's even more taking place. I guess there's a massive auction happening for Kirk Cobain, mm. which is raising yeah. some money. I think he's, I mean, I'm, I'm very pumped to chat with him in about an hour and 45 minutes or so. AJ Hawk will join us in the next hour. Um, Town Diggs, big takeaway from the draft quarterback, not so much. More punters and specialists there than quarterbacks for a bit until it got later into the round. Mm-hmm. What's the big storyline you think out of the draft?
5: Huh, Diggs? Uh, big storylines. Georgia set a record with uh, 15 players. Wow. Taken in the draft. Hey, how about
0: um, I think Ian Rappaport? I mean, he cut a promo on Matt Corral that none of us
3: expected. No, of, I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> Matt
0: Corral didn't deserve that, uh, but he called uh, Georgia Alabama light, I believe. Whenever he was breaking down, he said, "You know, normally uh, Alabama is the school that has everybody ready and prepared to be mm-hmm. an NFLer. That's why everybody drafts them because it's like, hey, going through Saban's thing, they already know like what preparation looks like. They know what film study looks like. They know what everything looks like to be a pro. It's been there before them. It'll be there after them. They're and ready to go. And I think he said this year more like an Alabama light like uh, Georgia has really become a school that everybody's comfortable with. And I'm sure the Georgia people are not happy about uh-huh, that as the know. reigning national champions, yeah. everything like that. But it's real in the, in the national spotlight, right? Alabama has been yeah. The feeder system mm-hmm. for national championships in the NFL. Clemson had a little bit of a dance there. Alabama remained. Now Georgia's in it. Alabama remains. It's like Alabama's the constant. People have come into their world mm-hmm. and gone out of their world. But the Georgia Bulldogs. How many people drafted? Fifteen. Fifteen of their Jeez. dudes drafted. Twenty-two starters uh, plus two kickers on it. But one of their, pun- one, their yep. punter did get mm-hmm. drafted. Uh, shout out to him, by the way, Jake All <laughs> right. For the punters, Jordan Stout, okay, yep. he was uh, the kid out of Penn State. My sources told me last week he was the most NFL-ready. So he was the most NFL-ready because the ball that he hits is a high one. His drop is one that seems to be pretty proficient, feels like he's a machine, and he is yoked. So it's like he hits big balls. Everybody was telling me he was the most NFL-ready right now. Matt Ariza, Who I don't don't love the nickname. I don't don't love. I'm going to say I don't love the nickname. I don't know who created Mm -hmm. it, but hey, listen, maybe he will be. I'm not 100 sure. Maybe he does become Shane Leckler's my punt god. Okay, just Mm -hmm. so everybody, Shane Leckler is the the god that I pray to when I watch film to get better. It was Shane Leckler that I would. That's my punt god.
5: Okay,
0: when punt god, my punt god uh, blessed me with beers for trips home too. (laughs) It was like, Thank the you, God punt has blessed god. me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you me. You, punt god. Things must be going well here <laughs> yeah. from the punt god. So the punt god thing is quite a smack in the face, I think, to a lot of very talented dudes that will never say that they feel like they got smacked in the face because they have too much pride and they're cool dudes that drink like beers and stuff, so they won't do it. But Shane Leckler's my punt god. Mm-hmm. Shane Leckler knows Ariza, has chatted with Ariza, knows everything about Ariza, has the same thoughts, I think, that I have that every NFL person had whenever we watch Matt Ariza punt, and that's that his drop is not an NFL drop, okay? So this is something that I think you know, real inside punty stuff, and I love how athletic his dude is. I love his competitive stamina. I love uh, how strong he is. His drop though and his punt swing is more line drive. I think people have talked about his hang time not being as great. He's able to murder ball 80 yards though so the motherfucker's got leg strength i think he's athletic enough he'll be able to figure out his drop especially in buffalo and to make it more consistent and hit a much higher ball i think he'll be able to do all of those things i think he's athletic enough to do all those things but i think that's why in the punting world in the draft in the scouting world he was a little bit lower than everybody else because if he can't fix that or Maybe he's just an anomaly and he'll be able to do this when nobody else has been able to do it. But if he can't fix that, minor little detail in his drop that he'll be able to work through. He's never held before either because he kicked. I had the same problem. I lied to Bill (laughs) Polian. I told him I could uh, hold. I could not. I kicked uh, field goals for every year that I was at West Virginia. I didn't start punting until later, so I would have never done it. I was able to learn mostly just because it's an athletic thing. There are some people that have not been able to learn. Darius Butler's a guy. Maybe the best athlete I've ever been around. He tried numerous times, couldn't figure It out. Matariza will be able to figure it out because he's already good with his hands and everything like that. So I think there's just more. uh Can't hold. Hits a low ball. Has to change his drop. Also, is that drop? You know how quickly can he change that drop? Like that whole thing happens. But the guy's a gamer. He's a stud. He's competitive. He's active. So like I think that makes me believe he'll be able to figure it out and move on. Shout to Jake Martin going down to Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. He hits a big ball. First time I seen him, I said, holy shit, that dude has an NFL leg. Now his drop turned a little bit inside as well. He'll have to fix that. That's the difference with the NFL and college balls. College ball is a little bit more forgiving and you don't have to hit it as high because everybody can run downfield immediately upon the ball being snapped. As opposed to in the NFL, nobody's allowed to leave the line of scrimmage until the ball is kicked. So you have to have a lot more hang time in the NFL to have your guys catch up while they run down the field. I think he will be able to figure it out. I think all the guys that were drafted, Cade York goes early, the kicker. He goes to Cleveland he hits a massive ball very high was leaving the camera on the highlights that I was watching That means his leg strength and explosions pretty fucking good Also hits the ball end over end, which is a massive deal, especially in the windy conditions of the AFC North If you look at Tucker Tucker's so good because his ball is pure and it's able to cut through the wind If you hit this thing perfectly end over end It's gonna cut through the wind better there are some kickers that hit a little bit of an X-ball. You see how this is out here and this is over here, a little bit oblongy, so it's coming out a little bit ugly. If that hits wind, <laughs> okay, it is over. So if you if you see kickers that hit a very clean, Chris Boswell hits a very clean end-over-end ball. It's like a perfect rotation. Then there's some guys that just get a little bit off center, have very strong legs, are normally able to fight it. But if you, fu- if you run into a fuck-you-like wind like the AFC North has, that is going to eat that Ball and fucking make you miss. So the thing that I like most about Cade, he seems to hit a very powerful ball, and he hits it end-over-end. Should be good in Cleveland, but once again, everything is a question mark on if any of these dudes will be able to translate into the fucking NFL at all positions.
5: How much do you think uh, Bengals taking and being successful with Evan McPherson ha- makes the Browns take this guy in the fourth or whatever? Well,
0: Yeah, I would assume McPherson. I mean, if the, if there's another McPherson out there, that'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah, like, I don't... I. That'd be amazing if people think that's a new norm, like, because <laughs> Kate York in his head is like, yeah, that's what I'm gonna mm-hmm. do. You know, I'm gonna do exactly what Money Mac did, dude. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody like. Hey, I'm gonna come in here. I'm going to fucking, I'm gonna make every. I'm gonna have a perfect season first year. Have to have that thought. Have to literally like, you're not going out there to fail. And then like, all of a sudden you run into a 30 mile an hour mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. It's like the fact mm-hmm. that Money Mac, Justin Tucker, and Boswell are so good in that AFC North make no sense at all. And I think we should talk about it more often, but we won't, you know, because at the end of the day, it is, you know, yeah, a lot of things have to happen for a kicker to ever kick a ball. Now, when the kicker's kicking the ball, though, there's a lot of shit that's going on there that, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of shit gets mailed in in the in now, uh, analysis on TV uh-huh. of these guys uh-huh. getting drafted, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And the TV people had Punt God being the first marketing punter, marketed punter in the history of the NFL uh-huh. or something that's like right. that. A little bit of smack in my mouth. That's not Matt Ariza's fault, though. No. I'm not blaming Matt Ariza at all. But sometimes I think what we learned through the entire draft is a lot of the media folks don't know shit. Mm-hmm. Eh? You know, yeah. nothing. And then it's just clean sleep, or clean slate afterwards. Like, oh well, yeah, we didn't get them all right, but we'll just move on. Yeah, whoops. We do need to give credit to one person though. Mm-hmm. Mel Kuyper is...
5: Yeah, he had a good draft.
0: He, he did. Hey, and he said, this is, his, this is my hardest one. Yep. Not the easiest one. I didn't have a lot of superstars. But <laughs> Mel Kuyper, like, did pretty well. I think we should maybe think about thinking about listening to Mel Kuyper next year as opposed to every other narrative that was cooked in the last month leading up to draft day. Month and a half before draft weekend, that's where all the truth's being told. Remember? Quarterback stink. This is this. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's going to be... A, I think they even said it's going to be runs. A lot of guys are going to go off the board of positions and then move to the next position. They thought that was like a month and a half before mm-hmm. the draft. That shit was being speculated. And then it got dumped on. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it got dumped on over the next five weeks or whatever and it changed completely so we got to remember that for next year as well.
4: For a lot of people it's entirely dependent on how you view the draft going into it and afterwards like if you're getting all your information from one spot you're basing all of your expectations and then the fallout from that on like what this one person said so if they didn't know shit to begin with it's like oh maybe I do need to kind of reevaluate like maybe the the team scouts and personnel like have a better idea what they want to do than just this guy who's paid to talk about the draft one time a year. Expectations are all Always what sets
0: the bar for reactions. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but teams can't be transparent at Mm -hmm. all because then Mm -hmm. they can get got by everybody else. So it's literally a system that's just going to go on and go on and go on forever I think because it can't be fixed. More transparency is the only way it'd be fixed, but no team's going to do that because they can potentially get lose all their fucking leverage yeah. in any trade. So we just have to ride the wave I guess. I don't know.
5: Yeah, to that point like the another storyline from the draft with these was these quarterbacks falling, but did they actually really fall? Because, or they where they were supposed yeah. to go. Yeah, because a month and a half before yeah. the
0: draft, there's maybe one first-round quarterback this year. Yeah. I think we're not going to see that. And then free agency happens. Yeah. And then we all assume, oh, these are the teams that are looking at a veteran free agent. They must be looking for a new quarterback. Oh, there's no more quarterbacks available other than Baker Mayfield. What's going on, Baker yeah. Mayfield? Ah.
4: Jimmy G, too.
0: What's going on with Jimmy G? So then, I think the natural movement is oh, if, if they were interested in a veteran quarterback, they must be looking at it somebody else yes. at the quarterback position, especially somebody who's much cheaper. These are the quarterbacks that are available for them to potentially get. Well, here at their draft spot, this is the only people that might be left. Even though a week and a half ago, we said none of these quarterbacks will be worth a first round. That is what happened, and we all bought in. Hey! I- we were not champions of no, this whole thing. No, we're, we no. were not champions. But to our credit, we didn't know if the first thing being said was bullshit Correct. or not. Right. So then when the second thing came and definitely was bullshit. It's hard to depict which one's bullshit. And I think just because we all everybody else that we considered champions of the draft, we're buying into that as well. I think we just naturally followed suit. We need to be better next year. Hey, so. You hear me? Next year, I'm gonna be 35 during that one. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's gonna be the one. Yeah, be that's gonna be the one. That that draft season is gonna be the one. The thirty-fifth. Mm-hmm. 36th trip around the sun, right? while being 35, that's going to be the one we're going to
5: do. I think one of the most interesting things with the quarterbacks that got drafted, too, they're all in an interesting situation. It's Pickett and Trubisky. It's Ritter and Mariota. It's Sam Howe and Chuck Wentz. It's Corral and Sam Darnold. its uh, I think that's pretty much – did I get them all there?
4: Bailey Zappi and Matt Jones. Jones. So, like, everyone (laughs) –
5: Oh, Willis and Tannehill. Tannehill, see what goes on there. But they all, like, they're not going up against starters who are established besides Tannehill. Like, they all, if they do perform well, could have a chance to start in their rookie year at some point.
1: Let's go. Yeah, not Billy zappy, but yeah. Maybe, though. Mm.
0: Hey, a lot of third, fourth, fifth round quarterbacks have had a lot of success in the NFL and seventh rounders mm-hmm. and obviously the most famous of all time. Who's Pick that? one on nine, nine. That's oh, right. Yeah. That's the sixth round. That's, That's right.
1: right. Kyper missed that one. Kuiper also said the Patriots had the worst drafts in the NFL. But, hey, he oh, got Dan
0: Orlovsky of... said you guys uh, – no, was it you guys? No, Packers. he gave
4: the Packers a what the fudge plus yeah. on their Yikes. picks. Yikes. So. A
0: what the fudge plus? Yeah. yeah. You guys are fucked. <laughs> oh, my. Which is
4: a big re- – like, I don't even know how to react today. I don't know if I should be thrilled, and I don't know if I should just be kicking myself. You got
0: a what the fudge plus. You're fucking furious. Well,
4: yeah. I was this morning, but then we kind of just talked through it. It was like, well – does Orlovsky know what the Packers need? I don't know if he does. So, you know, it's I'm kind of just reworking that right now. He's not uh.
0: handing out what the fudge pluses no, to anybody. No, I know. Never. I know. He had to go through his whole grading scale. Somebody asked him. He goes A B C D E, e. F WTF. Oh. Oh, but a net minus or plus. WTF plus makes it seem like a better grade.
4: Yeah, you're right. I guess it could have been a what the yeah. fudge minus.
0: Yes. That'd be tough. Yeah. See? Could have been, yeah. Yeah, if it would have been the first ever what the fudge minus. Oh. That's not good. Because what's next, good. by the way?
4: Just like. Uh, you don't even play next year. Go though. to
0: H E double hockey sticks G. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> what is <laughs> All right. All right. He anyway, hey, he also said the Lions are coming for the Packers. He said you better watch Ooh. out. And that <laughs> was that was no cap. No, no, exactly. no, no. Oh. no. All right, I mean he is absolutely changing the game. Yeah, he's having a day. He's changing yeah. the game. Yeah. Yeah. Now, with that being said, he knows. I didn't know a lot of the motherfuckers. Get, I didn't know any of the motherfuckers that were getting drafted. I watched it. There was people getting drafted. I'm like, oh, awesome. This this seems like a guy. And then they show highlights. I'm like, all right, here we go. But then I always think of Mitt, who goes. People watching highlights, not watching film, aren't mm-hmm. seeing the real game. That's right. So what are we seeing from these guys? And sometimes the way a draft pick is reported in the fifth round, in like the sixth and seventh round, which very vital to a team, fourth, fifth, mm-hmm. sixth round. Like that is pretty vital to a team oh, yeah. on the come up, especially as somebody that was in the special teams department. Those are Fourth, fifth rounders are going to make the team, going to be around for at least a year. uh, But they're nowhere near going to have the leash that a first, second, third rounder. But if you're a third, fourth, fifth rounder, probably going to get a pass, probably going to get some opportunities that other people won't. The way some of them are presented as like, oh, this is a good fifth round pick, Mm -hmm. versus some people are like point out, this guy couldn't do this, couldn't do this, couldn't yeah. do this. That's why he's in the fifth round. If he could do it, I'm like, damn. Can we not just show a highlight from this guy <laughs> so we can see what we could potentially be getting from him? It's always interesting how they pick and choose how to report each person. And I assume that all comes from how little gems about stories of people from behind the scenes, what's being said, what's not being said. But Some people are like, oh, this is good value for this pick. It's, And then the next person, it looks to be, I don't know, the same exact football player as the person beforehand. And 10 years from now, that'll be the only judge. Maybe they both stink. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, maybe they both don't. And by stink, I mean, not make it in the NFL. It's just like the, the way the picks are talked about immediately afterwards. We have no fucking idea. We literally have no clue about any of these dudes. I guess we can hope. I guess we can yeah. hope, I guess we can assume that NFL coaches are getting better and better Hopefully. and programs are being run better and better sure. and there's better investments off the field and people will, you know, extra effort and extra work and extra tape is just going to continue to happen naturally for every single player and that drive to not want to do anything but become good at a position, that's just going to happen for everybody now I assume because social media exists, like I don't know, the way everybody's talked about as being a definite success early and then it seemed like a lot more of the people towards the end as being failed and I understand the percentage say that, but man, all these dudes could be Hall of Famers. And all of these dudes could stink. And I guess that's why there's so much intrigue, because who the
4: fuck knows? That's a good point, though, because I I wasn't even thinking about it. But a lot of, like, on day three of them talking about, you know, a guy goes somewhere, and it's like, oh, this is a great fit. He's going to be great here. And then another (laughs) guy goes, and it's like, what a massive reach. You know, it's (laughs) why. And it really does. It's like then immediately you're just thinking, like, oh, this guy stinks. There's no way he's going to make the team.
0: So we actually have a clip from uh, Shanahan and John Lynch uh, talking about this entire thing. Mm Uh, just as people's expectations of the draft are strictly off of what the media is depicting of what the p- teams are actually doing. And Shanahan, who's been around this literally since what? He was uh, he's wearing like little baby shoes. Yeah, wearing yeah. diapers. The womb. Mm-hmm. He was probably pooping and peeing in the diaper in the mm-hmm. NFL yeah. through this entire thing. This is what he had to say alongside uh, John Lynch about the entire expectation and draft ratings going into the draft.
4: The thing for us is when
6: you, know, you ask a question like where you think they're going or do you think you overwent, I mean I want to understand everyone ranks guys and there's a perception of when everyone's going to go, but the reality of when someone's going to go is when someone picks them, and you don't know that until it happens. Um, I mean, you see it all over when people freak out and stuff, but I mean, a lot of these guys are really good players. I saw that with New England in the first round. I mean, that guy's... Don't surprise me at all, or us. Surprise you based off of perception. Because you knew everyone in the world was saying there was no way, but everyone who watched that tape, they're like, but he looks like a first-rounder. Who's going to pull the trigger? And you never know when that one person is, because you hope another 32 teams are saying, no, we've all read this. He's not going till the third round. Well, that's why someone takes him in the second round, because he looks like a second-rounder, or he looks like a first-rounder. And we all try to figure that out, too. But it only takes one team, and that's why you you don't want to mess around and be too cute with it.
0: So basically what he just said is it's all bullshit, what you're hearing going in, <laughs> Yeah. You know, and they all know that going in. There's good players that everybody can see on film, but where they're going to end up at, who's going to love them more than others, is a game that's very difficult for us outside to try and predict. I wonder what it's like on the inside. Ladies oh. and gentlemen, joining us now, a man who just got through another NFL draft. His team appears to be packed to the gills. Drafting Elam in the first round was a game changer, said the folks online. Then we saw a clip of Elam bringing his notebook to his meeting with the Bills at the Combine. Then on the call to tell him he was being drafted, he said, please send the playbook on the plane to pick me up. What a stud that is hopefully going to fit into the culture that this man has built, ladies and gentlemen, the general manager for the Buffalo Bills, Brandon Bean.
6: Yeah! Yeah. Appreciate that.
0: Hey, how many beers? How many beers Sunday night with the uh, with the entire scouting department? A lot. Is that a celebration?
6: <laughs> uh, Saturday night uh, was good. Yeah, we usually uh, break out uh, the booze in the uh, in the draft room. We just we move the computers out of the way. Make sure. Uh, the IT guy's not mad at us for spilling on it, but uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Have some laughs, break some balls.
0: Yeah, that's Super Bowl, right? Draft is Super Bowl for some people in your building. Not everybody, but some people in your building. That is literally what their entire yearly plan is up to. So it should be treated accordingly with a successful celebration.
6: No doubt. You hopefully you're hopefully you're excited. Uh, if not, you you screwed up the last eleven months because it it is an eleven month process. We start uh, in late May, already working on next year's crop. So. Uh, it's a long process and uh you know it's always it's always good to laugh and we have a lot of uh banter through the process like you know scouts going this guy i promise you he's going in the first round and then you know people are going to the board like i guarantee you i'll bet you whatever (laughs) he doesn't go in the first round and then you you get it teamed up so we kind of uh we divvy those up after the draft it's pretty fun
0: okay so that leads me to uh, the point that kyle shanahan was making there there is a lot of conversation from the outside looking in, and I guess we're a part of it now, so I would, you know, I guess from us and the likes of us about who's going to draft who. It seems like even in the rooms, all the way up until draft week, your draft board and your draft grade on players are changing throughout, and how could anybody fucking know what's going on outside of their building? Do you guys have to rely on other insiders? Do you watch TV? Does that give you anything? Like, how do you know what other people are thinking, or does none of that matter?
6: Well, I think sometimes you go off of history, you know, let's just say, let's say you have a player that you graded in the third round in the fall. That's, that's the consensus, but he goes to, and you, you kind of think this guy's going to be a, a four, four, five corner. And all of a sudden he goes to Indy and he runs four, three, two, or, you know, four, three, something like that. Then it starts like, dude, he's still this good of a player, but the other guy's like, yeah, but he runs four, three. Somebody's going to take him in the first round or, you know, whatever you just, you get into some of those things um, or I'm, I'm telling you, he's had multiple GMs at his pro day. Like these guys are after him. He's, he's going to go higher than you think.
0: What did you uh, see in Elam that made you fall in love with him? That, that clip from the combine with his notebook, giving it to you. I don't know if that was from the season, from his, a week of his season or what it was. But what did you immediately see that you're like, yep, this dude needs to be a bill?
6: Yeah, I mean, just the wiring. I mean, you want to you want to make sure it's authentic, like you know, as we checked into him, like it's not just trying to win, yeah, yeah. The, you know, the fifteen minute interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, look at all uh, these. Fucking- <laughs> <laughs> that he made all those notes on the plane, like he did them all season. But no, what what his book was was him watching opposing receivers in the SEC that he was going against, just his notes uh, of how he was going to play them, what they do well, and and so yeah, it it, it was legit and. Uh, it's, you know, it's from University of Florida and stuff. And it's it matches up with who he is, all the sources that we have in Florida. This guy loves ball. Uh, his dad played his uncle Matt played like he's grown up around the game knows what it takes. And, um, you know, obviously his skill sets really good. He's, you know, he's over six foot. He He ran, you know, right at four, four. And he's, he's a press man guy, but also can play off. We just like the flexibility He'll bring our defense.
0: Hey, I think generational shit matters, by the way. Like, I think if you have seen it before, like, even the guys who have parents that are in other professional sports, like, it just if you've been around it, I think it is a massive advantage. I, honestly, I do believe that.
6: Yeah, agree. I agree. Just the transition. You know, his uncle and his dad can tell him, like, college is this. But when you get to – you walk in that NFL locker room, it's different. This is what you need to expect, and you better be ready to roll.
0: Yeah, that's a huge ordeal, I think. And I'm happy that you even thought about that when you're looking – I guess you would have to with everybody. Uh, last question for me about the draft, and I know the boys will probably have some. We can't thank you enough for joining us. You take Matt Ariza, okay? Here we go. Now we're talking about <laughs> – hey, there's been questions, obviously. I've talked around the NFL. I didn't want to interrupt anybody's real scouting process, but he was getting a lot of hype, and I'd watched it last fall, and he's a freak athlete he's tough it seems like he's super competitive and uh, which yeah. are all things that i love and he has a massive leg people were worried about his drop a little bit and his ball flight from what i was told i think he's athletic enough to figure it out i feel like that is how you viewed it as well was that top player left on your board when you drafted him or did you have uh, plans on drafting a punter no matter what
6: well we had some guys him being one of them and you know several guys got drafted two of them went in the fourth round uh, so that shows you the the value of where people see uh, you know certain punters. Honestly, we thought when the when the two went in the fourth uh, and we had a fifth, and we still had some guys on there. We took the kid from Boise that um, we thought no way you know Matt would still be there. But when we got to the top of the sixth, we just felt like the value met. It's, it's worth a shot here. Um, he's 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 raw, but he's got a lot of talent, a big leg, as you said. And he's a competitive dude, Pat. He you know if you've watched any of his film, like. He's worried about his net average. He's chasing some of the cover guys down to get him down. Like he he wanted that net average to be high.
0: Yeah, I think he'll figure it out. Like that's like yeah. that's like going into other positions. Like, oh, uh, we think this guy has a competitive level enough that he'll want to work on it and figure it out. That's said in other positions. I think it can happen at punter as well. I didn't know how to punt basically when mm-hmm. I got drafted to punt. Bill Polian was like, "We think you're athletic enough to figure it out." I feel the same way with Ariza. I just, I honestly feel that way. It is going to be a little bit of a process, I think. But I'm excited to see what he does up there. Your weather. I mean, ain't nobody want to punt up there. So if that motherfucker can figure it out, I mean, good luck,
6: you know. Well, you know what? Uh, it's like it's like being on the golf course. Just uh, tee your eye and let her fly. We'll see how he does.
0: How is the golf game? Are you getting into that right now, or what are you focusing uh, on right now? Is it free agency, or do you get a little time off? What do you do with everybody?
6: So, we'll do a little bit of staffing. We got rookie minicamp uh, in a week. But after we get through with that rookie minicamp, uh, hopefully the weather will be perfect here in Buffalo and uh, I can start catching up on all the rounds I've missed since, uh, since last July.
0: How's the game going to be, you think? I got a new swing. <laughs> hey, I got a new swing coming into this golf season, I feel like. I've you been do? Been, I've been working on it in the house. Yeah, I'm coming out of the pocket. I'm coming out of the Ooh. pocket a little bit. I think I'm going to start shaping some.
6: I love it. I love it. Keep that elbow inside, but no, it's uh, it's fun. I got a little guy that
3: uh,
6: uh, I got a guy that, that that works with me, so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to getting out there and 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 making sure my swing's ready to roll. I'm going to Scotland in June to play. So wow, that's we got eight of us that are uh, heading over there, so it's going to be a good time. Oh, I
0: believe that is a big time whiskey. I, I think, hey, that should be a that's like a dream bucket list type trip. hope you enjoy it. Uh, last question for me before the boys: Happy about draft class? Has there ever been a draft class you guys weren't happy about, or is everybody happy after every single draft? Because it's like it played out how it played out. We got who we could got. We like who we like. Is that what it yeah. always is?
6: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think if you're one of those teams with if, if you didn't have multiple high picks, maybe you're like, ah, ah, we didn't really add any huge players. Maybe we just got some depth back end players. But you're right. You, you shouldn't be drafting players that you're not excited about. So I, I've never talked to someone who's like, man, uh, we had a shitty weekend. We really screwed it up. Hopefully next year. Yeah, we,
0: <laughs> we didn't like any of those guys. I mean, they were forced. Yeah. So they had a shot clock on us, man. They're, <laughs> hey, was there yeah, a lot of movement this year? Hey, was there more calls being made this year than in years past?
6: As far as for, for trades? Yeah. Yeah, a lot lot of calls for trades, really. Uh, all, the only pick that I really don't remember the, tr- the phone ringing was our seventh and our third. Other than that, um, it seemed like every pick the phone was ringing to either go up or go back.
0: They wanted yours or they were trying to get you to get theirs?
6: Both, but sometimes both. Sometimes people are calling you saying, hey... Um, We'll, we'll take your, you know, will you move up? Like, they're ahead of us. Will you move up so that we can add your fifth-round pick or your sixth-round pick? Um, but we also had some people calling. We traded down twice in the second uh, to add a six We had some people calling there. One of them wanted, like, a, a future pick, and we, were, we weren't going to get anything now. It, didn't, it really didn't make sense for us.
0: How's it work? You just answer the phone, there's one phone, one for up, one for down, and everybody's <laughs> on? Or how's it going?
6: <laughs> no, so... Um, I had a couple guys, so uh, my college director, Terrence Grave, he's our assistant director of player personnel now, and Brian Gain, uh, former GM in Houston. Those two guys were kind of my, my liaisons, they're tracking stuff, and then sometimes my phone's ringing with, or I'm getting a text from one of the GMs, hey, would you guys be interested in moving up or back? If so, you jump on the phone and uh, you start looking at your, at your trade chart and see, see what makes sense.
4: Ah oh, man, that sounds exciting. That yeah. sounds like a great weekend. Go ahead, Ty. Brandon, a lot of people have talked about how this specific draft class. There wasn't. There were a few guys that were maybe head and shoulders above the rest, but after that, there was kind of just like a big pool of talent in the center. Does that? Yep. Did it make it more stressful because of that? Or do you kind of, when you're looking at things and and you know you've done all your due diligence leading up, like do you fall in love with guys a little bit easier maybe because there isn't like a clear cut guy that you should be taking?
6: Yeah, I think it, it honestly it, it made it easier because, yeah, you had those those top picks, but there there wasn't the premium level, um, you know, let's call it quarterbacks or pass. You know, you didn't see the Miles Garretts, uh, the Chase Youngs, those types of guys. So, uh, so you know, some top corners up there and, and some offensive tackles. But beyond that, it dropped off pretty quick to where you know, the talent, you know, and more depending on what you're looking for, you can kind of go positions of need maybe early. You're going to be able to find somebody with a similar skill, you know, talent level. So after we took the corner, we really were able to kind of just let the board. We, we felt at most rounds that we could go offense or defense with, with, with what was on the board at the time. So I kind of like, you know, if you're if I was in the top ten, you want those premium players. But being where we were, I was fine with 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 the way it was because there was a lot of players that just wasn't the elite top tier guys.
0: You're hoping it's like that forever.
6: Yeah, I want to be picking 32. I'm tired of picking in the 20s. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: you know, if there was a different overtime rule. Right? That's <laughs> right. Hey, what were your thoughts on Kyle Brant? Hey, Kyle Brant cut a good promo up there. That was good. Oh
6: yeah, he uh, that was entertaining. Uh, that was I was not sure what he was going to do. We knew he was going to do the pick, but uh, that was that was like WWE style and. Pulling the chicken wing out that had been in his pocket for, whatever, three or four days, uh, that had to be uh, – that was pretty entertaining. I, hopefully it went down his stomach pretty well. Yeah, real commitment
0: to the bit. We respect uh-huh. it. Yep. I thought he crushed it. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Brandon, what's the process like with signing the
1: undrafted guys? Do you kind of have a projection of who you think probably will, you know, not get drafted? And do you tell those guys, like, hey, if, you know, you don't get picked up, we're going to come after you and we want you in Buffalo still?
6: Yeah, you, you kind of look at your, at your board, maybe guys – uh 6th 7th rounders and guys that just you've just taken off your board and you have your own kind of stack of those guys um you know a week ago from now so you know you start before the draft and you just you call you check in with those guys and say listen I hope you get drafted you wish them well but if something doesn't happen uh, we really think you'd be a great fit here and that's kind of your initial get them thinking about you know how they would fit Buffalo Bills whether they're an offensive player playing with Josh Allen or for one of our defensive players.
0: How about the contract for them? I Back in the day, it was different maybe than it is now because with the new CBA, isn't every single draft pick basically slotted cash-wise? Like, hey, this is the amount of money, bum, bum, bum. And then undrafted yeah. free agents, isn't there some wiggle room? Don't they have some leverage every once in a while? Don't some of the undrafted free agents get some leverage?
6: Yeah, so you get two things. One, you can max out. So the, the league sends you a number that's agreed upon with the union, where like this year it was around 100. We can spend in signing bonuses, cumulative $166 million. So we can spread that out over 10 guys or two guys or three, you know, however you want to do it. The other nuance that can be negotiated is guarantee. How much do I want to guarantee? And you guarantee that with offset. So if I guarantee a guy $50,000 of his paragraph five, if we cut him and he goes to another team, we're not going to be on the hook for that $50,000. they will pick it up. Or if he goes to practice squad, you know, he's going to work that off over several weeks' time. So that's kind of how – those are the two things that can be negotiated by an agent.
0: Hey, salary cap? uh Got some wiggle. What are your this is a huge conversation right now, as you know. You're one of the men that is in charge of building an incredible roster right now. Now, (laughs) you just signed Diggs, right? I don't know if we've talked to you since you signed him. Congratulations.
6: Congratulations. Yeah, well,
0: you got Josh done, you got Mm -hmm. Diggs done, you got Von Miller done Mm -hmm. on the defensive side of the ball. It feels like, you know, a lot, I don't want to say a lot of the big pieces are in for a while, but it does feel that way. How do you project the next 10 years in the salary cap? Because... Does anybody know right now how big it can get? It's bigger than it's ever been, and it's only going to grow. Hey, Apple's going to get involved. They're already trying to get involved. Google's going to get involved. Maybe Netflix's going down. Amazon's in there. There's so- Sports gambling's only going to grow. That's only going to get bigger. The amount of money that's going to come into the NFL that's going to grow that salary cap, is there any proper projections that you guys are all hearing, or are you just kind of guessing whenever you're deciding to backload deals some a little bit?
6: Yeah, you're trying to guess. You're trying to forecast. covid totally screw that up with it going backwards. We're still um, you know, went back eighteen million, you know, a you know, a year ago. So it's we're still kind of behind. We're at two oh, you know, two hundred eight this year. We should be probably more like two twenty five to two thirty. So we're still behind. Damn. And they took some of the, the benefits um, from the players that we still have to repay back that they to keep the cap high enough last year during COVID. So there are some things That even though all those things you mentioned are happening, which are great for the league and great for the cap, um, I do think it's going to get there. I know that I don't know what it'll be next year. We get some projections, but they don't ever give us too much because they want to they want to try to control our spending.
0: Uh, and they also want to keep it competitive, right? Because some places won't go as much as everybody else. So keep that information out of that motherfucking beans head. All right? We don't need his ass out there on the phones. We ain't doing nothing around here. They,
6: but- they know their personnel, Pat.
5: <laughs> go ahead, them. Brandon, how much does like uh pedigree come into your draft process and, and how you look at a player? You obviously take... Dalvin Cook's brother and James Cook uh like the Steelers have four pairs of brothers on their team you have one of the Edmonds on your roster how much does like pedigree come if they have a brother if they have a dad who played does that come into your uh scouting process
6: yeah we were talking about that with Elam too with his dad and his uncle definitely uh I I look at it as a bonus because it's it's like the answers to the test you already kind of know these people are walking you through uh you've been around obviously with uh with James Cook he's been around his brother Dalvin he's And, you know, some of the stuff we talked about with James when he came in here for his 30 visit, like what has Dalvin taught you about the league, the difference between college and pro and um, the same thing with with Kyrie. So it's it's an added bonus. Anytime you're looking at a player that brother, um, uncle, father, whoever's played in the league.
0: Hey, what could go wrong on those? you know, 30 visits you get, has anybody ever had a bad one with you nowadays that everybody's kind of prepped on everything? I mean, it's, is it not a yes, sir, no, sir operation with everybody at all times, almost on those visits, or is there some outliers?
6: No, I think what happens is with me, it's yes, sir, no, sir, with McDermott, maybe the coach, but we, we try and put them around a lot of people from who, you know, who picks them up at the airport, who picks them up and takes them to a restaurant and to meet the coaches like how were they in the car? Were were they on the phone all the time? Were they Were they engaging? Did they ask legit questions? Um, you know, we will have them meet with our player engagement. You know, our training staff. We may ask them to do some things like get on the scales, height, weight, all just different things. Were they cooperative during their whole visit? So um, we'll assign a pro scout to each uh, each person that we bring in, just to kind of be their their escort, their chaperone through the building as they as they're here the day and. At the end of that, they'll kind of send me a quick little recap of of how how their visits went and what people said about them, and you hope it's with flying colors. But sometimes you'll get some feedback that. Not everybody in the building really liked this
0: guy. <laughs> uh, equipment manager said this guy was quite an <laughs> asshole, actually. Well, that means a lot, though. That's a huge ordeal. That's a little bit of a – that's not something you could pick up in an interview, especially if somebody's been completely prepped. Or it might not be something you could pick up from a college's coaches either because the coaches know that if that guy goes to the NFL, it looks good on the whole entire program. That's a piece of information that you can literally only find out at that point. That's smart. That's the. Um, how do you think – and we were talking about this. How do you – and do you pay attention to the day-to-day sports cycle, media cycle, or no?
6: Um, NFL-wise, I try to. I don't necessarily – not all, not necessarily all sports.
0: Man, it is so much bullshit, man. It, mm-hmm. Like, everything that was a month and a half before the draft turned out to be accurate. A month and a half before the draft, it was like – there's only maybe one first round quarterback. These quarterbacks are none of them are a first round grade. I think they were even talking about runs in certain positions like a month and a half and then it all just becomes complete bullshit. All the way up until the draft, everything just becomes it has to be that way, huh? Cuz you guys were all trying to gain leverage on everybody at all times.
6: Yeah, I mean there's there's all sorts of games people are playing and you got agents calling around, you know, asking you where they think their guys going and And you're like, I don't know. He's probably a third day guy and they'll try and some of them will try and say, Oh, he's not getting off out of the second round. And you're like, okay, well, if someone's that excited about him, take him. (laughs) He's not going to be a Buffalo Bill in the second round. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's just, you, you get a lot of that stuff. And sometimes agents are concerned. They hear, Hey, um, you know, my guy has, you know, people are complaining about his knee at the combine. Like it never swells on him. It never, and they have a doctor send you a note, but, um, you know, sometimes or is the is the doctors he have an agenda, too, to protect this agent or the player? So oh, you, yes. you still have to go off of your doctor and what, what he says. But you'll get some last-minute stuff when people see their guy falling, trying to kind of move him back up.
0: Yeah, we're just trying to figure out how not to fall for it again next year. But I feel like we're going to be hook, line, and sinker again.
6: Yeah. And, uh, it's going to <laughs> oh, there's there's some, true some stories that you they're hard not to believe, but... Uh, you're right. There's so much bullshit out there. It's just, uh, it's, it's best to ignore it all.
0: Well, not with old Brain and Bean, though. Hey, no, yeah. none of <laughs> that bullshit, except for maybe on the course next week when they get out after the rookie mini camp. We can't thank you enough for joining us. You are the best. Thank you for your time, and congrats on a great draft weekend.
6: Appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me, Pat.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, general manager of the Buffalo Bills, Brandon Bean. Yeah!
3: yeah.
0: Hell, yeah. Hell, yeah. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! What? 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 Welcome to the show. If that's your first uh, couple seconds watching or listening, we do apologize. We have Jim Irsay joining us one hour from now, yes. owner of the Indianapolis Colts. Can't wait to chit-chat with him about, you know, what's going on with the team, how he feels, big investments in the free agency this offseason, also fresh off a draft. How is Jim Ursay doing um, as a human? He, he has a museum that travels around and tours as a rock
5: band. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Awesome.
0: Might be one of the coolest things going right now. I'm excited to ask him about that because he has these little pop-up shows. I don't know, like in front of the Washington Monument, in uh-huh. front of like... Yeah. Uh,
1: Lincoln Memorial. I think so, out
0: in, out in L.A. he just popped up at some place. And he has like the original Buddhist uh, uh, temple thing oh, yeah. right across <laughs> right. the middle. He has uh, the Beatles, all their drum sets and all their Same. guitars out. He has like wax figures of people that have been autographed and stories and tales. And then in the back, he has a collection of all your rock stars basically playing in a jam band. Uh, and they're playing music. Yeah, pretty sweet. If you're a billionaire, like that's one way to go about doing it. Yeah, uh-huh. um, that is certainly one way to go about doing it, and enjoying it while building a hell of a football team. Toxic Table's here at Ty Schmidt, at Boston Connor. Tone Diggs is here. And joining us from an attic in Ohio, a man is going to react to everything happening in the entire world right now. Uh, AJ, hi. Hey! Hey! Hey!
3: What's
0: going on, AJ? What's up, bud? Happy birthday. Big day for you, huh? Oh, yeah! thanks, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. It is. Uh, yeah, I didn't.
1: Hey, I haven't seen your post yet. Where you got to say, "Hey, what's up?" I didn't know that Dwayne Johnson had the same birthday as me. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dwayne! Yeah,
0: Dwayne, David Beckham, the Queen, I believe. Oh, wow! I mean, there's, I've been buried the queen in of England. I think so. Yeah, I believe. Congrats, man. Well, I mean, what is your deal? Yeah, there was others. That's under- pretty cool
1: to share a birthday. I mean, first with Dwayne Johnson, who I would assume is one of your your heroes
0: growing up, for sure, especially <laughs> now, <laughs> the Queen as well. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and then the uh, the eyebrow raising presidential candidate doing. I mean, he is obviously a legend out there. They're opening a second um, Terra Mana Romana. Uh, distillery really? wow I can't wait yeah he was Long there this up. weekend he was there this weekend on site <sighs> that's awesome that's so good yeah man it's only gonna be I mean Young Rock season mm-hmm. 2 is crushing it of course. Terra Mana has sold more than anybody else hell yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh. the best it. waffles in the game oh his the French toast they think mm-hmm. too yeah. his superhero yeah. movies coming out this year oh yeah, let's go things yeah. are only
4: getting better for Dwayne Fast and Furious franchise is falling apart without it. Whoa! Yes, it is. Yeah, Yeah, right. Director left left the set. Hey,
0: happy birthday, Rock. Happy Happy birthday, Rock. We appreciate everything you've done, man. Happy birthday, Rock. Happy birthday, David Beckham. Happy birthday, 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 David. Keep having it, bro. David Beckham. I believe a few others as well, but thank you for that. I'm very lucky and fortunate to survive another year. This last year was absurd. I can't wait to see what these next 365 hold. Hopefully, I'm a much better golfer then than I am now because AJ, with just a few months left before this Tahoe tournament, I have yet to go back out onto a golf course. Mm. That is that is a little bit of a struggle right now, AJ.
1: Yeah, I'd say especially with your schedule, it's a little tough. You got to really jam in like
0: short practice times, probably either like early in the morning or maybe later at night. Well, with the draft, you know everything going on yeah. the draft this weekend, mm-hmm. and a surprise birthday party that I found out about a couple hours before that just turned into a birthday party. That was a great time. Fucking great time, but oh, that's going to yeah. knock you out Sunday afternoon at least yeah. because of how many beers were had the night before. All all right, right? All right. We were having beers, AJ. All all right? All right. Hey, we were just, having just beers. You didn't have makers. Well, there was a little gentleman jack there as mm-hmm. well. I believe some people had that. A lot of tequila was up all there. Some vodka. A
3: lot
0: of beer. Did you go swimming? Right. the pool open? Well, it turned out I found out that I have uh, fountains in my pool, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking cool. high society, dude. Don't know how to say it. I moved into this house and learned a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, kegerator with a bottoms well, up tap. Yeah. Uh-huh. Game changer. You put the cup on the t- Lorenz and I went. I am so sorry. I almost did that. This is the top of the keg here. There's a kegerator. Then this is the tap, and you put your cup down in it. The keg, the thing goes into the cup and fills your beer up all the way up, and then you move it. It's like the perfect ice cold beer, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. It is so good. And you just happen to have one at the house? Yeah, I moved in. The guy who lived there before me had one and it was left there. So, so is it special cups that you got to put on there? Yeah, mm-hmm. it comes with specialty cups. I think I've seen that like at a really nice bar one time. Dumbest thing of all time. Yeah. It's so The beers are so good. Oh, my God. And the process is hilarious. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the whole <laughs> bruh, 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 watching a fucking movie.
1: Did you get your, uh, your Jaegerator for uh, Christmas or for your birthday? Ooh. What's that, pal? What? I thought someone was getting you a Jaegerator. Is that what you get? Did you get me a Jaegerator?
0: No, honestly, I, there is something
1: coming tomorrow to you. Oh, it's not yeah. a Jaegerator. Oh, yeah, yeah. like hey, a supply
0: Yeager chain now, has been them. awesome for gift giving, by the way. Yeah, I, I know there's a lot of knocks on supply chain because you know a lot of things are coming late and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And we're trying to build the Thunderdome right now. Yeah. So it is a nightmare. It's an excuse for everything. It mm-hmm. is. Hey, happy birthday. Gifts on a what? Supply chain. I mean, Supply you know, that a fucking nightmare. boat with the dock, with the shipping, yeah, the Evergreen, trucking, yep. Evergreen, the Wintergreen, yeah. the whole thing. I mean, I All think it's beans. on that boat, actually. So it's not as far Canal right now, but <laughs> it'll be here in a little bit. I ordered it two weeks ago, though. I was thinking about you. I was so happy for your birthday. Like, that can happen now. Everybody can use it. So yep. shout out to Supply Chain. Shout, shout out. out. With that being said, don't worry about it, AJ. You already gift us enough whenever you come on this show every single day and spill the goods. The Packers... Okay, and Dan Orlovsky's uh-huh. grading scale, didn't get an A. No, no. Nope. Didn't get a B. Nope. Nor a C or a D. Nope. Always skipped E, never really made sense to me. They got a WTF plus, which is Damn. better than a WPF, or WTF negative. Uh, your thoughts on the Packers draft, and Aaron told us exactly what they were going to do while he was on the first round with us, and they did exactly what he said. So what are your expectations, I guess, Dan, or is Dan right here?
1: Well, I don't exactly know how to judge WTF plus what that means, but it is what the fudge, correct? Yes. 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 Uh-huh. And is he just saying he is confused that why, why they didn't trade up in higher into the first round and get a
0: receiver or what? Well, see, I thought he was like optimistic because the po- plus, plus was on him. I thought he yeah. was like, what the fuck? Like, as a positive, but they said it was negative.
4: No, yeah. He pretty much was saying that he thought that they should have used at one or two of their first day picks on a receiver. Okay. Because they, they didn't score in the NFC Championship last year, and these guys, like the defense isn't the issue. Adding these guys doesn't really.
0: WTF, yeah. dude. WTF.
4: Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, when they're.
1: I wonder how he came up with that when they said, hey, we want you to submit, like, grades for each team or for these teams and how they did in the draft. I don't know if that was on, like, the Scantron as one of the multiple choice questions. Oh. Did he create it
0: or somebody mentioned it to him? You know how you say, like, he what had the fuck? You think? He, yeah, I mean, come on. No, he says what the fudge, like in real life, which is something to get yeah. past. He's the only person I've ever actually had numerous conversations with um in a friendship way that say, you know, like the way he speaks. You know what I mean? You know, AJ? Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I got I have yeah, I have
1: I have some friends like that too. Yeah. You just gotta accept you them, man. Don't be judging don't be judgy. I, I can't because they're
0: they they want to say, Fuck, you're an adult, just say Yeah, that's
1: what I I always say like if you're gonna do it, just say like yeah exactly
3: yes
0: yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you're, it's almost like
0: hey yeah, the thought is there like what are we doing we get it okay i know what you're trying to say and there's no kids here by the way just ha- turn it on turn it off whenever you're with your kids or whatever and then oh i can't i just I, I don't think it's right to use those words or whatever it's like well here's another conversation i don't want to get into because i like you as a person you know what i mean and i am a natural swear every single human i've been around my entire life I feel like natural swearers. I, I don't know there is a real judgment I guess on people that swear but huh. every single study that has come out basically says the swearers are normally the more truthful the more you know natural the oh, yeah. m- whatever I don't know neither here nor there I've been be- I've been in trouble for my mouth for a long time not just because I speak a lot but because the words that have come out for a long time you know what I mean I mean, we're dropping fucks yeah. early, early, early in life. And I know it's embarrassing and some stuff you shouldn't do it. But if you're naturally saying what the fudge to me as an adult, I just I'm, I don't know how to do it. I, I respect <laughs>
1: it. I respect you can do it with a straight face. I really am.
0: Exactly. Like, well, I guess that's how I should look at it. Like, congratulations on your commitment to that. I guess you're making the world better.
1: I understand that like, people don't if not cussing whatever. Like, it's not a huge part of my life, but I don't have to I don't abbreviate other I don't abbreviate things for it. I just speak. Yeah, I don't know. It's, Does he, it's a weird situation.
0: I've had somebody say fudge you to me, and uh, <laughs> no, really, no, I laughed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a real conversation. Can you tell me who that was? No, 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 no. I can't. But it did happen, yeah. Were you in third grade? No, no. This was an adult. And the person was not, like, happy. They used it as, like, oh. a... Oh, uh, actually, man. <laughs> like, they were really mad? Uh, they didn't really say it. It was uh, the group that I was in. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah they were not. Well, fudge you guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I had, I had to turn i was Jesus. i had to turn and leave i was ruined the whole moment you know there's a whole conversation <laughs> going on it's like i it'd
1: be a great way to like de-escalate a situation if you're about to have some violence <laughs> and someone yelled that at you like wait what, what it was what just an,
0: it was an agreement on if we were going to do something or not and there was a split party okay there was a split party. we were forced to be together and then there was a split decision and when ex- was this it was that like, a thing we had to go... It was that a thing. It was a, it was a thing. Was this
1: a friend of yours?
0: Uh, no. They, the person was... Not, I was with a friend at a thing. It was, like, a convention thing, and they put these people together. It was, like, a breakout room thing. It was awesome. Fudge you guys, man. All right, I'm leaving. I'm what? out of here. I, I did not make it to day three of the convention, but... I mean, things are happening. Things are good happening. Dan says that, and we Mm -hmm. have to take him serious because he does have a football brain. He does have access to everything. So you always have to wonder, like, his film breakdowns. Is he doing this because he saw it? Let's assume yes. But also, he's got a lot of people giving him great information, so there has to be a reason. We know that we cannot judge any of these draft classes right now because in five to ten years it might be vastly different. Some of these guys that we think are locks might be terrible. Kenny Pickett might be a fucking guy. I saw him in Kennywood this past weekend. He looks the part he mm-hmm. was walking across the bridges of Pittsburgh they're taking photos of his hair flowing and his hat Hell and yeah. it was windy he looks like he looks the part AJ he could go and be a fucking guy Tomlin said they could compete or he could be a complete bust we have no idea AJ
1: no idea yeah, that's kind of how it is with uh, everybody and quarterbacks I guess some people may think it are the easiest to be able to tell hey if this guy is a dude or not like if he turns out but I feel like most people did weren't they giving the Packers some like credit <laughs> saying hey we, we felt like it was a solid draft mm-hmm. because they,
0: they couldn't get the value. They wanted They to give up too much to get mm-hmm. up in
1: the front of that first round.
0: I think it's strictly because Aaron came on the show during draft night and was like, yeah, uh... I'm not that upset about it. So, if you're upset about it, what are you upset You're upset for yeah. me? Are you upset for me? I'm not. He seemed pretty relaxed about
4: everything almost. Also, they did get very aggressive on the second day. They mm-hmm. traded up big time. They had, what, the second or the third pick in the second round. And they got the guy who, leading up to it, a lot of people said, like, hey, this is who the Packers really want. Yeah, they were going to have to give up way too much to go get those receivers on the first day. They added two guys who were going to help them out right away on defense. And then they got probably the guy they wanted the most at receiver early on the second day. Rodgers, you know, obviously texted him right away, and I mean, I I didn't see that many people who were upset about it. I mean, like, it wasn't as flashy as maybe some people thought it was going to be, but I assumed that they're probably still going to do a little bit more work on wide receiver going into the season. And I think if you're a Packers fan, you should be happy with what they did.
0: Jets and Giants fans are pumped. Uh Mm. Jets and Giants fans, absolutely pumped. They had two and three first-round draft picks overall. A lot of pillars can be built over there, AJ. A lot of pillars can be built around good guys or young guys that end up being, you know, your hardest workers and your most successful guys. We saw it here at the Colts. Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard drafted in the same draft class. They have become the pillars of that team. Kind of set the tone for that team, and they've been set up. Now, granted, it didn't make the playoffs last so yeah. yeah. but you get it. That could be a big. Those are those are altering. You get three, to like five guys there, in the the two New York teams in the first round. That's huge news.
1: Well, if they come in and they can contribute right away, and they're all and they're making plays, you're right. Like you can change the culture of that place pretty quick when you have some fresh blood come in there. And these dudes are eager, they're excited, and you taste some victory. Like I think that can trickle down to the rest of the team, even some vets that maybe haven't been used to winning in the last couple of years, they could figure it out.
0: And Shane and Joe Douglas, by the way, are telling all those guys that we're building this team around you. That's why we drafted you in the first round. So that empowerment going into the locker room, Even though they're young, even though they're the new ones, they're being told by the GMs and by the coaches, like, hey, we are investing in you to become the next for this team. So that type of confidence that you can go in there as a young person, reestablish an entire culture. I think it could happen. I honestly believe it could happen. But will it? History says no. But possible it is certainly <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. certainly possible now other news stories coming out of the NFL not just the draft Tyron Matthews signing with the New Orleans Saints back all all down all in all Louisiana all magic. Congrats to Brian Kelly. You know, getting LSU legend back into the same state, probably going to use the hell out of him for recruiting, especially with how much he loves LSU with everything that he learned and went through down there. The Saints are making a key post-draft addition, reports Ian Rappaport, as they're expected to sign all pro safety, the landlord, Tyron Matthew. A long-awaited signing that should be finalized in the coming days. The Honey Badger lands in the perfect spot, says Ian Rappaport. He's getting that information from somebody inside the operation that says it's a perfect spot if you do recall tyron matthew went and visited the saints facility did a whole walk around and left his quote was i don't think they need me on that team uh but i obviously enjoyed it and that whole thing so we talked like oh they don't need tyron matthew on their squad it's because they had signed a safety or had a couple on the team if they're bringing him in it's not to be a backup right aj that's that tyron matthew's not going to the saints to be a backup the saints had 70 million dollars over the cap like one week before the salary cap needed to be down. Then they got all these moves in and ended up $30 million under the cap, able to sign a quarterback, get Michael Thomas back. Now they're signing one of the notable free agents. What they Mickey Loomis and them down there, Mm -hmm. what they do, A.J., is very fucking impressive.
1: It is, but I, I think I saw a stat during the draft. Their offense averaged like 187 yards a game, I believe, the lowest in the NFL, so... That's not a thing we're used to seeing when it comes to the Saints. I understand Drew Brees retired, but they're going to have to figure that out. Is, is Tyron Matthew playing quarterback?
0: Ooh. We'll Ooh. find out.
1: We'll keep our ear to the ground. Yeah, that'd be sweet. That'd be fun, though, man. The fans love him. and he I, mean, I hope he goes down there and makes plays right away and just starts knocking dudes' heads off and getting pick sixes like – that place will explode. Like he is he is an absolute fan favorite of everybody in the league, I feel like, but especially going back home. It's gonna be special.
0: Hey, that super dumb can be a mm-hmm. buzzsaw too. You get going, you make Jeez. a play, that place gets loud. My
1: terrible, terrible boy. place to play. I mean, awesome environment, very, very difficult place to win when they're rolling and it's yeah, their fans
0: are crazy. There's actual witch doctors in the crowd. Yeah. All
1: right, I don't know what we're supposed Jesus. to fucking
0: do, dude. Well, we they got the whistle guy. The whistle guy. I I'm I'm not gonna say it. Because I don't know personally. But. There's a lot of other great fans down oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, So I assume they do not like Whistle Guy because Whistle Guy gets a it lot does. of the hype. Yeah, You, you uh-huh. know, and there's a lot of yeah. other New Orleans Saints fans that are like, excuse me, this place is really fucking loud, not just because of goddamn whistle. Okay? We got witches and witch doctors and voodoo things right here. And there's a drunk Cajun man up at the top that's mm-hmm. yelling louder than anybody's ever heard. There's a lot of whistle... Whistled, whistling with the tongue flip thing down mm-hmm. here. Yep. They fucking go bananas in that place. Nuts. N- First play of the game, Curtis Painter, strip sack. <laughs> After a touchback, ball in the 20 at the time, not the 25. Yikes. Strip sack, they scored a touchdown right there. Next play, obviously, they kick off. We throw a pick six. Jesus. I believe 14, nothing right there, and that place did not stop the rest of the evening. Tom. We lost 60 something uh, like <laughs> 20 or maybe 19 or something, and they were allowed the entire fucking time. it was a prime time game. What a buzzsaw that place can become. So if on offense you can get rolling, you can get going. Last year what that Taysom Hill playing quarterback a little yeah. bit,
5: yeah. And and I Trevor's think they had Ian. like negative eighteen yards when Ian Book the game started there. As the Dolphins, you seem
0: to have a little bit of beef against Notre Dame quarterback.
5: Yeah, totally. well, no, no, no. I was just he. That was that was. not had much of a chance. No, he did not. They were. He, I think he got sacked like eleven times. But you bring Michael Thomas back, Olave, You get Olave. I think they were five and two right when uh, mm-hmm. when james was the starter. Um, they didn't get worse on defense or whatever, and now their number one wideout from last year becomes the number three or whatever, three or four. Like it's a much better situation. Yep,
0: and new uh, new offense, right? Uh, they, new, new head, head coach. From, who's, from, who's the coordinator? Yeah, the DC
1: Same Dennis Allen, staff, right? Yeah. But yeah, Dennis I Allen's, mean, but he's defense. Sean yeah. Payton will
5: have.
0: No, what's the head coach? What's head coach? Dennis Allen. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, I knew that.
1: Mm-hmm. Who's calling the offensive plays now? Good question. TBD.
0: What if it's Drew Brees? Are they These trading games. him to Fox?
5: That was the rumor. There rumors. Yeah, there was yeah a, he's
0: up for that gig, right? There was alleged rumor that Drew Brees was going to get traded from NBC to Fox. Would that be the number one to be the number one? You think? With with Burkhart, then, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that what that would be for? To do
1: the games? Yeah, I'm sure. That's what other position would it be?
0: Oh, now we're talking cool. football and Fox. Urban Meyer's going back to Fox. Oh, oh yeah.
1: Sean Payton apparently is going to Fox in studio. Studio.
0: Okay. So he's going to be a part of Jay Glazer's family. Tony Gonzalez out probably. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm is sure. he out? He's going to Amazon, right? Or is he full time right. Amazon or just doing it? I don't know. He made an announcement he's with Amazon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. Peyton slides right in. So then, yeah, Sean Peyton gets his suit, goes over there, watches the games. Good for them. That show will continue to be great. And then Greg Olson? Yeah, what happens with Greg? Because yeah. he did that whole so Ellis for a Bud Light. He'll band? still have a crew. He, yeah, but he should be. Don't don't we yeah. think he should? Be?
5: For sure. Yeah, I mean, what gonna, about
0: Gus? How come we didn't move? I was Gus? gonna say, him oh, and he's Gus doing
5: NFL uh, this year. Who? what? what is Gus. Why? Yeah, what did he say? Uh, he's going back to school, so he doesn't yeah. have time to just call the NFL. He's just gonna do college. No, Gosh. Gosh. no, Gus is getting a doctorate.
1: That school he's going to is pretty involved. It's pretty serious too. Look what he's doing. Harvard.
0: The school is fucking it is lucky like, is it that he's one of them. Where going. he had to like,
1: in, yeah, he's doing a lot.
0: Well,
3: what's, uh, what's he doing? I mean, he's teaching
6: he's a class. Who the yeah, fuck is teaching he's, Gus Johnson? Doing he's doing the uh, Harvard Advanced Leadership Initiative project. He's working for Harvard. Wow, All
0: he's right. pissed because they put him on Lions games last year the whole season. True. Yeah, waste. Well, Gus ain't talent. got time
1: for terrible NFL. games. That makes sense. They still have stink and a mean. They're they a do. good box. Stinks. Shout out Stink! Shout Shout out out Stink! They got a good tweet. Stink
0: gave me a shout. (laughs) Stink, I do not okay agree with everything you said there, and I think there has been great picks before me, Reggie, Drew, everybody. You know, there's a bunch of people that have made picks entertaining, but there was a couple up there that was like, "Hey, wrap it up, get to the pick." Not
1: the Colts, though.
0: Hey, hey, there's people that are thinking that about me too. By the way, when I was
1: speaking, so no, Uh, no, is there a lot of people that did that? I the only thing I saw was the old the one dude who had to get.
0: Basically, Donny Osmond? take him off the stage. Bro, right? that guy got the hook, man. The lady you know, literally comes out, read the fucking thing. Who sent was that her decision? She goes out there and says, I'm going. That was Raj. She did not want to go. They had to send her out, I bet. Walk out walked out the incredibly long stage, mm-hmm. all yeah. the way out there, and tell him, Hey sir, we don't care.
5: Yeah. Send read the 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 fuck up. yeah. What if Raj came out and slapped him in the face? Yeah. Rich eyes what if Raj would have <laughs> that came out?
0: been? Hey, did they give you a fucking card or no? What was all on there? Oh, right here. Read this. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, it even says, they are selecting. Look at that. That's it right there. That's all we fucking need. Thank you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then walks back. Yeah. That would have been a great bit. That probably would have been yeah. uh, oh, yeah. the most watched clip from the entire trip. Dra- Maybe he was waiting for that. Maybe that's what this. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, there we go. This dude was playing. He was playing next playing game. Playing chess. Yeah. Yeah. And Rog uh,
5: didn't have the stomach for it.
0: Rogers said, like, I can't do that. He's a legend. You got to do that entire thing. Uh, Brant killed it. The blue man group is tough. I, I, yeah. You know, I used to be a Blue Man Group fan, I think, because they used to be drummers, right? Oh, yeah. So they used to be, I don't know what the fuck they're doing now. They still are, aren't they? I don't know. Yeah. I didn't see them drumming at all. I feel like I they
4: do awkward stuff.
0: Yeah, now they're just an uncomfortable act of comedy. Yeah, shooting abuse.
4: construction paper into the air. I Which thought there
0: true. had to be a payoff. So they joined the NFL Network's ca- Rich Eisen. Shregs got up. Uh-huh. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah got up. Chuck, Charles. And uh, Charles, Charles Davis. Davis. They all got up, and just the Blue Man Group joined Rich Eisen. Rich had become a bit bitter at this point to all of the... <laughs> a little bit. All the Chanel, a little bit bitter. It seemed like his tone at this point was a bit bitter with everything. in the Blue Man group, I don't blame him at all. They didn't say anything. They can't speak. They don't speak. They didn't have, like, any uh, visual words or anything. So he was literally just sitting there in front of an awkward three dudes uh, painted blue, basically. Yeah. And then they got this uh, uh, air blower thing open, and it was supposed to shoot, like, air streamer like paper streamer yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like confetti and at first no, like paper streamer like, like
5: uh that you
4: decorate like you with hang for a birthday yeah, like party. A okay, okay but
0: it was stuck so they had the oats oh, so they struggled with that so that was oh. a, that was like a botch a little bit of a botch mm-hmm. so they go there they shoot the whole thing and then there's no end like i thought it was all gonna lead no, to something it was, just, it was just no that just happened
5: not, they started yeah. fucking with the cameras and
0: yeah they turned they touched the camera turned the camera and then
1: i'm glad i didn't see this then they the want to break then.
0: Then they went to break. There was no payoff. There was no.
1: How, but how tough is that? Like, they don't speak. So it's already a difficult oh situation God. for everyone involved.
0: Bro, you would think whenever they shot that thing out, there was going to be like some sort of message, maybe. Right. That was going to come, or they were going to paint something.
1: There was not. Oh, I guess it was like, hey, we're adding a little bit of Vegas into the draft. It's how they do it.
0: Exactly. Osmond was there. Yep. Obviously, uh, Wayne. Uh, Wayne he,
1: Newton. He pronounced
0: something wrong. Yep. Wayne, Wayne did something wrong. Yep. Angel, obviously. Chris was- Angel was spinning at the speed of fucking sound. Yeah. <laughs> you, I was getting sick yeah, watching yeah. him spin yeah. oh my god he did it though <laughs> he did how do you not puke good
5: question he's, he's a, a maniac he's here. chris, chris angel. angel
0: what do you mean he's used to it I guess, it he was that was uncomfortably fast and I don't think they told the hosts what the act was so the one I was watching and chris angel is spinning right now and he got the jacket off yeah. alright <laughs> yeah. how about roger goodell roger goodell what day was it it might have been the blue man group might have been a blue man group, day two or day three. Ah, forget. Roger Goodell walks out on the stage and actually points like this and then goes, all right, and then turns to the thing. And he goes, they start booing. He goes, you can get louder or whatever. Just completely, whatever the performance was, they had like a little act always kicking uh-huh. off. Literally point and go, what the fuck was that? There's no way we there's no way that's what we thought this was gonna be. Let's go ahead and keep it moving. I do enjoy them livening up a little bit because it does get very, very boring. Yeah. But I think when they're doing that, they have to keep it easily legible on the screen on who's going where and what's happening. Because they'll have interviews with like Tomlin and Carroll, but on the screen, they have whoever's current pick it is. And then they have a ticker going with previous picks mm-hmm. that aren't who Tomlin and Carroll pick though. So they're doing an interview with Tomlin and I might not have caught in the beginning or know exactly who they all drafted. So he's given this long answer about somebody that I don't even know who they got drafted on the screen. It's the Browns are selecting blah blah blah, and then on the ticker it's like some information from like two hours ago. I think they, they, I enjoy them trying to bring a little spice, AJ, but I think they have to keep it, you know, at least watchable. You know what I mean? I think they have to keep it watchable out there.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. They should be trying new things to, to make. You know, you never know what's going to hit. Some things will hit eventually. I was just wondering, like if that old orangutan was going to come back, that mm-hmm. was at the draft that you were at. You're about Rocky? I mean, there's a lot of great zoos out in Vegas, right? They could have brought some animals in. Well, I think a lot of people are just zoos out there, Correct. right? Yeah. Isn't that mm-hmm. kind of the thing. Mm-hmm. What do you mean?
0: Oh, it's private ownership. Oh. Are Siegfried
1: and Roy still around? Did they come out?
0: Well, um, uh, no, I think so. I don't I think so. Are they
1: both passed or just one?
0: I believe just one died. Oh, okay. And that one was. died from the tiger
1: Yeah, raid. he got yes. mauled pretty
4: good. Yeah,
1: ripped up. He lived for a while after it, though. Yeah, he survived
4: the tiger attack? Oh, yeah, but he was oh, he's yeah. drinking out of a, you know, drinking, eating his meals through a straw for the yeah. rest of his life. And then, that's um, what they
0: say dangerous game playing with his big cats. Yeah. Joe Exotic was able to survive it. He was. He How'd that happen? You know, how, when did people just start buying these massive animals and doing that whole thing? I'd be scared to death. My one cat, Teddy, he gets upset. I get scared. I'm like, all right, that thing can fucking bounce. It's 300 pounds. That thing can jump off that wall right there on my head before I even know it. Mm-hmm. These tigers and shit, the more documentaries you watch, Why would you fucking ever want to be around? I have no idea. How do they? And it's just a natural thing. I feel like we all learned that through the Tiger King situation. Oh, yeah. Well,
4: and I mean, you can tell, too, with Joe Exotic, especially like those. Everything's good when, you know, they're giving them treats and feeding them meat. If those things ever get pissed off, just like slightly pissed off, they'll fucking grab one of your legs and drag you. Yeah, exactly. You're done.
1: Who knows the sedatives they're pumping through those
4: things, too, at times? In the meat, you mean?
1: In the animals, I'm saying, like, if they want them to be dosso and go in there in a the cage and do little shows, I, I'm sure they give them some stuff at times.
0: Oh, I didn't even I'm sure think it's not
1: legal. That. I'm sure all of it is like illegal, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're
0: definitely doing that. A couple zans. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, a couple Tiger zans. Uh-huh.
1: I just want to clarify that uh, both of them have passed away, and not one of them was from the tiger <laughs> attack.
0: Oh, I did thought they both well, Let's have a moment of silence for Siegfried, please. Now one for Roy. Let's actually do this one instead of a laugh from Ohio, please. And how about that tiger not killing anybody? Yeah. Huh? Thank you, tiger. Thank you,
5: Roy.
4: Is the tiger still
5: alive? <laughs> the
4: tiger
0: probably. said, I don't kill nobody. Just fuck him a little bit, though. You see what they do? I man? He disappear. All was done. Mm-hmm. I thought
4: they beheaded that thing after he attacked Siegfried.
5: Really? Well, I've learned from this. You just can't be in a group because you'll die. Siegfried and Roy are dead. Sisko and Eva are dead. You just can't be in a group. You can't be in a pair of people. Well, it seems like every group's I mean, going to die. Dude
1: Perfect might be worried. Well,
0: I hate to break it to Dude Perfect and all of us that are listening right now. Everybody's dying. Fuck.
5: <laughs> I thought we weren't going to have to do this again.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I did. I thought so, too. Remember that? That was a little day or two I thought that. <laughs> everybody's dying, though. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> everybody. Everybody's dead, dude. At some Everybody. Do a moment dead. of silence for everybody. Can I bring good news? I don't know if we have enough
5: time. They were 81 and 75. They had a good life.
0: Well, I'm just.
5: I could have had a better life. I guess, but literally, no matter what, gonna be dead. Can I bring some sunshine to this rain?
0: Well, I, I don't think that's necessarily rain, but it is something we need to think about. Yeah, mm-hmm. every day. Don't, not, wow. in the morning. Wow, not every day. Every day in the morning. Don't every picture. Do don't, Someone no. you love
1: getting shot in the face, it will bring perspective <laughs> to your life. I'm just that, what are you talking about, Connor?
0: Okay. Hey, OAJ. OAJ. Who you? is that from?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, when we were talking about swearing earlier, I was going to say, if Gary V stops swearing, then I'll stop oh, swearing. Oh. But he is the one that told me, if you think about one of your loved ones getting shot in the face for five
0: minutes every morning when you're in the shower, mm-hmm. you're going to attack your fucking day better. Listen, and so I do. It has affected you. You how you know how long you've been saying this? Yeah. That's, hey, great job, Gary. Yeah, thank, thank you, you Gary. Gary. For helping Connor. Treat now, with that being line? said, I, I do not recommend that because that's quite negative. You know, I'm yeah. more of a hey, let's go have a good time type thing. But I do believe the conversation of death should be one that is had because it's coming for fucking every group, mm. coming for every band, it's coming mm. for everybody. We just got to hope the, to live well until that day comes. What are you going to say, Tony, uh, a little breaking, sunshine?
5: Breaking news, sunshine. Um, it is another person's birthday today. Fucking KY Kyle Bush, and he just took the lead at Dover, the Monster Mile. Wow. how oh,
0: Happy birthday, Kyle. Uh, Happy birthday, Does KY. happening right now? Well, see, yeah, it
5: rained out yesterday.
0: I view oh. KY just not as a celebrity, so whenever we're talking about other birthdays, <laughs> sure. KY is a racing goat. Yeah. yeah. The guy's never lost on his birthday. <laughs> okay? Wow. I came into the world on fucking May 2nd. You think you're going to outrace me at goddamn Dover? Not a chance. No way. Never. Is KY running? Are there people there? Yep. KY's winning.
5: Probably not as much. as a
0: no, It's a USFL week. game, dude. It's fucking Monday at 1 o'clock. <laughs> Man, come on. What do Let's you start. think this is? Hey, congrats and happy birthday, KY. Happy birthday, yeah. KY. I hey thought KY. Tony
1: was going to bring up the other big news out of Pittsburgh this morning that we saw before we went Oh uh,
0: Yeah, breaking news. Uh, the Pittsburgh Maulers have suffered the largest shutout in the history of USFL. <laughs> Let's go to a break. What was but, the score? 27-zip. It's not too bad. Too much fucking chicken salad in that team. Mm -hmm. Okay? They all come chicken shit. (laughs) This guy's cutting promos afterwards about, you know, having to do the right thing and being disciplined. Let the guys have a fucking pizza. Okay?
5: They never played a game in the 4-1-2. That team does not represent the city.
0: More sunshine out of Pittsburgh, though. What's that? Jason Kendall, 47 years old, might be coming back to baseball. What? What? (laughs) That is... Jason Kendall, my favorite baseball player of all time. You've heard me speak of him. (laughs) He's in my Mount Rushmore of baseball players. Uh Because as a child, when I would go down to PNC Park and sit in the bleachers for four or five bucks and get a hot dog alongside of it, Jason Kendall would go into the batter's box with no fucking gloves and hit a bomb. Yeah. Okay? That's what he would do. That's right. And then he'd sit right behind home plate, and he would have authority over that entire park. Not just that diamond. No, 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 no. Her sources via Jason Mackey. <laughs> Jason Mackey. Is he an Irish guy? This is, I don't know. It's not spelled like an Irish name uh, at all. It's kind of an interesting take on it well, all. Sure. McKee, maybe. No, nah, I don't think...
5: So he was capitalized and moved over a little bit. Yeah,
0: it seems different. Anyways, Jason Macchio of the Post-Gazette is reporting, Pirates and Jason Kendall have discussed a possible return. Kendall was in Greensboro late last month to meet with people, including Director of Coaching and Player Development, John Bakker. Nothing final, still just talking about finding a fit, but an intriguing name. This is what he was doing down in Greensboro. Yep. He saw a construction site. You know, and before the construction site, they had this uh, sign: that oh, yeah. said the speed limit Hell, and the yeah. speed the people were
3: going. Uh-huh.
0: It got real dark one night, and yeah. Jason Kendall, you know, got down in his stance, his well, catcher's yep. stance, and he had his son throw a ball to him, and then he threw it as if he was throwing it at second base. Hell, yeah. yep. Sure, Went right past that sign that thing said fucking 86 miles an hour holy shit Jason Kendall's pop time is just as fast wow and that ball is humming and now that they got these balls that nobody else likes that's exactly what Jason Kendall likes Mm -hmm. the things that other people hate this man enjoys that dude hasn't missed a protein meal in 47 fucking years. Jason Kendall coming back to be catcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates Hell yeah. at the age of 47 is a dream come true. Welcome back to the baseball era. Baseball. Hey, welcome home, Jason. But wait,
1: is that, does that tweet mention him coming back as a player or is he trying to be it's a implied. Man- It's, open. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's implied. It's implied. Jackie well, Jackie when Moon. was his last major league appearance? 20, Ten years, 2010. 2010. 12, 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't lost a step. They they, they, they heard him hitting in the cage, and they said, God damn, he still got it. Bring Jason,
0: him in. Andy, I told you about the construction Yeah, 2010,
1: are you serious? 12 yeah. years, dude. Yeah, he's, he's,
4: he's only just... getting better. 48 years
1: old, dude. He's been in the lab for 12 years. Bro, Good luck, Jace.
0: Jason Kendall's <laughs> been walking around the house the last 12 years. I still got it. I still fucking got it. I still got it. Now he's going to get a chance to prove it on team. It stinks. Bob Nutting's going to have to open a checkbook, though, to get fucking Jason Kendall back. Yeah, Yeah, true. Jason Kendall's going to have to get paid. He's going to be. Jackie Moon. That dude better be coaching them boys. He better be playing alongside them boys. And he better be doing the fucking entertainment too. Zambelli fireworks mm-hmm. every night if Jason Kendall's
5: there. Mm-hmm. I also heard a rumor, and uh, this is also good for the franchise, that, that Colbert is retiring from NFL GM, but he may actually go to the Pirates GM to try to fix the franchise over there. Here right we too. go. Wow. That's why
0: Jason Kendall's coming back. Yeah, wow. That's,
5: That's Colbert's first, first
0: signing. Yeah. Yeah. his first move. Oh, J- give me Jason Kendall. 10
1: years, <laughs> 200 million. All
0: right, let's get to a break. Honestly. He might be
1: coaching, but that'd be a bummer. <laughs> no, nah, he's playing. He's playing until notified otherwise.
4: Well, they
0: just gonna put him at first base. He's still a Golden Glove. Well, and he
4: could behind the plate. He's behind the plate, that you can DH now in the <laughs> National League. He's still good. For probably twenty-five homers. Put
0: that photo of him back seventy-five up, please. ribbies.
4: That's a current photo, right? Yeah. Gone. See yeah. The, gone. See any
5: gloves in that picture? No. no he's he's, the he's the swinging gloves, a telephone pole. <laughs> you hear me? Right no. on the sweet spot. He swings a thirty-five, thirty-two—the biggest you can fucking have. Gone.
1: God damn. Fucking gloves is
0: awesome. I think we can have Jason Kendall on the show from what I've been told. What? Oh, please. I don't know.
1: He's in the lab, right?
0: Now is the time to reach out to Jason Kendall. Yeah. Look at how he holds that bat, dude. Yeah, he chokes up a lot. He holds that thing like this.
5: Fucking chaw the size Probably of 02 Kansas. 0-2 count,
4: AJ. Mm-hmm. Jesus.
0: Bro, he's throwing he's his a stud, hand. stud, He's trying to punch the ball.
5: Yeah.
4: I'm
1: excited to watch him play again after taking a decade and a half off of baseball. <laughs>
4: 12 years, okay.
0: Still see the seams, pal. Yeah. We're back. <laughs> About four minutes with some phone calls and a five energy phone line. Man, baseball's back. Well, let's congrats go to
1: Jason Kendall coming back.
0: Congrats to baseball yeah. for Jason Kendall coming. Congrats back. Congrats to us. We get to
1: watch him play again. Hell yeah. Amen.
0: What if he's not playing? That'd be a real bummer. He's playing. <laughs> he's playing. <laughs> he's playing. <You're> <laughs> he better be fucking signaling that at least out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Better, Third better, base be, coach. There better be some sort of Jason Kendall performance at PNC Park. There will be. He is playing. He might be doing a fire. What if he's just in charge of post-game celebration? As long as
1: he's sitting on top of the goddamn big board in center field, that'd be cool.
0: What if he is
1: fucking the parrot?
0: What if Jason Kendall's the new mascot? I was just going to say, now could he be
4: the pirate? He's going to be Sourcrat Saul full-time.
0: Oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two legends in their own lanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do not need to be interacting. <laughs> today's show is presented by cash app cash app is the best finance app on the entire planet Hell it's yeah. the easiest way to send money to your buddies and you can even buy pieces of bitcoin or stocks on there with as little as one dollar wow. one dollar aj yes so i invest my stuff the way i buy stocks not a lot. I don't do the stock game a lot. I'd rather bet on experiences in myself and see where my money goes, as opposed to putting it in some fairy tale town that I'd never met anybody from that world of. But once I started dabbling a little bit in the stocks, whenever the entire world became stockbrokers, you remember that happened? Oh yeah, big oh, yeah. I said, "Hey, listen, I'm just going to dabble a little bit of money in the stocks on the people that I think are aliens." Okay, who do I think are aliens? Mm-hmm. So I obviously uh, WWE because Vince McMahon is an alien, right? Sure. It has gone up. Yeah. Then I said, well, Elon Musk, our alien, uh, I'm going to bet on him, Tesla. It's gone down. Well, wow. uh, For now. Tesla's gone down. He's buying Twitter. Everybody's seeing Tesla. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to go back
5: up. I think hey, They, it will. they see, it will.
0: See, that money that I put into that, I didn't get to experience. It's gone. I could have had maybe another bottoms-up beer with somebody. But, yeah. You know, that's my – now, granted, that is not good long-term financial planning, and this is not financial advice, but I'm just saying – that's how I go about doing stuff. You can buy stocks and Bitcoin on Cash App, though. That's great to know. And if you're not on there yet, just go ahead and download the app and use code McAfee to get $15 as soon as you sign up. That's code MCAFEE for a free $15 terms to apply. And remember, on Wednesday, we'll announce all the winners from the week before's uh, contest, including all of the Draft Spectacular contests. The M&Ms will be counted by Bill during the recording of the episode of The Pod tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the announcement will come come on Wednesday on who the winner and how many they were and also all the other winners we appreciate you so much joining us now is a man that guides one of 32 teams in the biggest league on earth was one of the youngest general managers in the history of the NFL has been around the game literally since he was a child the owner of the Indianapolis Colts the leader of the Jim Ursay band and collection, ladies and gentlemen, Jim
2: Irsey. Yeah! What's up, man? Patrick, what's happening? Oh. All I can say is happy birthday, brother. Oh,
0: thank the you. Big thirty-five. Hey, thank you, boss. I'm getting old, you know. I'm getting old now. I never thought I'd make it to thirty-five.
2: Well, I tell you, I, you know, you're you're a young thirty-five, and I'm I'm still thinking that you know. The call's going to come in. I, I, between you and Andrew, we got bets here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's just that you make more money than Andrew now. How could that happen? I mean, well, he, got- was supposed to, he was supposed to be making $50 million a year, and now look at you. So congratulations. What 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 prosperity. And, and you've earned it all, my friend. So we're so proud of you and, and just the horseshoe's so proud of you to have someone who just has so many followers with your show and 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 you guys uh entertain and it has you know it's just an incredible following where it's just couldn't be more proud of you my friend well
0: thank you boss I appreciate you I got some sound business advice from you the day I uh, told you I was going to retire and you were sitting behind maybe the nicest desk I've ever seen smoking a vape and we you told stories for 90 minutes that enlightened me on so much and then the follow up then the text message you you have been awesome to me so I want to let you know you you
2: you got your vape out you had some stuff in there (laughs) He said, welcome to a young man's world, I said. Uh, <laughs> and he said, Bolly was going to be walking through the door. I said, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know
2: what you were talking about. But, uh, <laughs> no, uh, look, I'm not going to let you off the hook on your birthday, brother. I'm sorry. I appreciate it. You know I you it. me. I, I just, um, I, I, I just, you know, I'm excited about your birthday. And I know you're a gamer. You're a world wrestler. I I mean, a great one now, and you're still in great shape. So, you know, just to challenge you, Mr. McAfee, I I just have a special challenge, and uh, it's always good because it's your 35th birthday, and it's for charity. So during the halftime of a Colts game this year, you have to kick a 35-yard field goal. No problem. And then complete a 35 yard touchdown pass no to Reggie Wayne okay. in the end zone. He's coaching. He's and coaching. if you can complete this duo event, we have a million dollars for Kick the Stigma charity, a million dollars for IU Cancer, and a million dollars for the charity of your choice. But no failings out there young men the crowd will be there oh, the pressure will be there you miss you know they'll be talking vanderjap Jack Van you, <laughs> you miss that that goes to that kick will be in your mind we'll play it right before you have your kick and then reggie will be in the end zone and you have to you know have the fake punt and complete that thing for a 35-yard touchdown pass now that's not easy under pressure with a, you know, one-time try. But this will be... Uh, Reggie's ready. I already talked to him. He's in. So now we'll just pick what halftime will work for your schedule and, and we're going to do this if you accept. Yes, I accept. What are we going <laughs> ta- yes, right. right. I mean, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, Pagano accepted those free throws also and he didn't do very well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I would be honored to do that. I appreciate that. $3 million on the I mean, that's a
2: big time. I know. But the pressure's on you. You let these charities down. How can you live with <laughs> this? Then, and then you may have to pocket it. Yeah, I know. You may have to dig deep and say, oh, no. I, I'm in great regret. I've messed up. I've missed and now I have to step up. Oh, so awesome. the pressure is going to be on you.
0: All right. I'm already getting excited about it. Now, listen, I live a pretty fun life right now. You know, happy-go-lucky. The thought of a $3 million kick in a throw. Now, Reggie's got a big catch rating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Reggie's got oh, yeah. a big catch rating.
2: <laughs> so that's, that's, that's right. That's if, no if problem. If you can't depend on Reggie to catch, him you're in trouble. Yeah, so exactly. i, I give you the best. You know
0: that. All right. Hey, I appreciate it. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. All right, Patrick. Hey. It'll be a lot of fun for the fans, and we'll have to charities there. It'll be a a lot of fun doing and and you do those things so well. And, you know, and plus if the game wasn't already sold out, they'll be scalping tickets just to see you. (laughs) And you know, you you bring in a big house. So... (laughs) You know, we're gonna have to have expanded seating for this game (laughs) after the halftime performance. You're the best,
0: I appreciate you, you're the man. And once again, this leads me to what I said earlier. Now, the kicking the stigma and what you're doing with that, we definitely wanna dive into and talk about because what your family's getting behind is massive. But being a billionaire, being an owner, we've all talked about, that is something, your position is something that everybody desires and is dreaming of, and I think we're learning about that even more now with a couple teams going up for sale. At what point did you realize, okay, like, I'm an NFL owner, but I'm allowed to be a human as well? You know, you play music, you collect things that you enjoy, you tell stories. I see you when you're out and about, you literally hand out hundreds to everybody. You feel like you're almost obligated to give back to people. At what point, have you always been that way? Did something happen? What changed you to kind of live your life the way you do?
2: Well, you know, I I just, you know, growing up in Chicago with, you know, parents from the Depression era and World War II, you know, I worked and I worked, you know, when it was summertime and I was going to play football at SME in the summer, my dad's like, you're going to work construction. So, I mean, I was like downtown Chicago doing demolition work, you know, on these buildings with a fake union card and uh, a half an hour lunch break and, you know, getting on the L trade at 5 a.m. and and you know just like in training camp when i started you know you had to be there at 6 a.m and you worked hard and you did all that and, and, and you kind of come from that thankfully that work ethic so it's something that uh, to me you know is is very um I, I guess in other words first you know it was just a normal life you know and i've had you know a bloated visa bill at, you know and house payments sitting there and stuff so It kind of happened quickly because my, my, my dad never really, um, you know, I I mean, it it was funny at the time when he got sick and passed away, you know, we were fighting over a raise and, you know, I'm not giving you a raise, you know, just, uh, and and going through that stuff. So it was, it was kind of like you, 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 grow up a certain way. You know, my grandparents were, were immigrants. They, you know, came from Poland, Hungary through Ellis Island and, uh, you know, my grandmother was a poor inner city maid. So, I, I mean, so those things stick with you. And then when you you know, are blessed enough to, to come into that position, um, you know, your origin more, you know, I, I mean, like John Lennon says, a working class hero is something to be, you know, and, and, you know, I'm always more tied to that, you know. I, I mean, it's just like Springsteen and his upbringing in New Jersey and his dad worked at the factory and stuff. I mean... You, you get integrated as a young person, you know, and, and, you know, that that's just the way you don't grow up, you know, really. I mean, I didn't grow up thinking, you know, oh, I'll be a billionaire someday or, or anything like that. I just, you know, I just wanted to be involved in football and have my chance, you know, to do eventually everything I could to, to, to you know, run a football team and that sort of thing un- unencumbered. Um, and that was always my goal, I, I think. You know how it is. What you did, you did because you loved. I mean, you, as a kid, you picked up a football, you played. You didn't think, oh, someday, you know, I'm going to sign a contract for $100 million after I retire. You know, you just did it because you loved playing. And and I was the same way. I I love football, and I was just drawn towards it. And we were just blessed to be in an industry like NFL football that became so popular and I think, really, none of the and a lot of the none of the older owners that bought their teams for like, you know, Art Rooney Senior came back from the racetrack in 1932 with twenty five hundred dollars winnings and bought the Steelers. You know, the old AFL guys put up twenty five thousand um, dollars, and you know the original guys put up I used for a hundred dollars. Um, <laughs> you know, George House who was at my wedding was one of the guys. In that Humpmobile showroom in 1920, and and you know no one went into it thinking, ah, uh, you know we're going to be billionaires, we're going to be like Rockefeller or whatever. I mean that wasn't even in the thought process. You know we were we loved football back then. They got on trains. They barely made payroll. I mean the Packers are called the Packers because they were running out of money and they took five hundred dollars from a packing company. A lot of people said, why the Packers? That's a, where does that name come from when you really think about it? But they took $500 because, you know, that's what they needed to keep, you know, their business running back in the 1920s, you know. So it, it, it's like, you know, I come from that origin. You know, I, I you know, knew Paul Brown and I knew Arbunet Sr. I, and George Hallis was at my wedding. And so those, you know, that's kind of my origin. So. This territory isn't, um, you know. Really, I, I don't really feel like like I'm part of it. You know, there's no blue blood in these veins. Put it that way. You know?
1: <laughs> Go ahead, AJ. Mister Ursa, so "What's uh, what's your favorite thing about being an NFL owner?" And have you ever let yourself think about what your might your life would look like if you weren't the owner of the Colts?
2: You know, I, I think you know the the favorite thing is is just to bring joy to people. You know, I I, I think that. You know, this life's a tough journey, and, you know, there's a lot of tough things we all go through, um, you know, and and human suffering, for for the lack of a better word. And, you know, when we come to a stadium, and you're in that stadium, you know, and, and it's Patriots versus Colts for the championship game, or it's Buffalo versus Kansas City for the division championship game, a game like last year in the division. The magic, the the unity, you know what it brings to a community, how it brings joy to people. There's nothing like it. I mean, I can't find it anywhere, and and so it's just such a privilege. Um, you know, you want to bring greatness. You want to bring, you know, that possibility of saying, okay, with Matt Ryan this year, with hey. the team we had, hey. you know, hey, just hey. maybe we could be down in Arizona in February. Oh. Hey. <laughs> You know, and, and the fans, you know, everyone gets behind you. And it, it's, um, it, it's great because, and plus, I think affecting the community, you know, my big thing is the horseshoe um, it, it is seriously involved in changing the world and making it a better place, alleviating suffering, you know, helping people and changing things and, and mostly inspiring because, you know, one teaspoon of inspiration Can change everything you know and in this world we all know God knows with what's going on and and you know with Russia and everything right now and and all the you know different things we see going through COVID um, you know you just really want to be there um, to change the world and we you know are the game we play I mean you played it so you know I mean it's you know it's so special you know And, and, and so that that's the biggest thing I think and And I always kind of think of myself as a as a steward you know it's a big responsibility because I you know you know look you know at the horseshoe and I come before it, and the expectations are, hey, it's in your hands, the buck stops there. Your responsibility you know is not only to win but win the right way and change the world and and have people that that love to have the horseshoe. Uh, on their jackets or hats or be proud about that so so um but i you know i love the responsibility of, of meeting up with that challenge and you know certainly uh um you know the competitive fire that you get from winning you know because you know i love to win and i know you're a defensive player and i love to kick ass on defense i was just talking to gus bradley about it and he said, well, Frank Frank told me about it, now I understand this. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're damn right. You know, let's go out and, 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 and play some physical football. And, and uh, um, so it, it's just, it, it's such a thrill. You know, I don't feel like I even have a job. I mean, I to be able to do this for a living, um, and I know we all feel that way. You look in the draft room and you see the scouts and you see the people that are working, you know, they're so thrilled to be in the National Football League and have a chance and and you guys that played the game, you know, guys like us in college that, you know, just weren't any good to get past SMU level, Um, you know, I mean, I had teammates like Byron Hunt who was the opposite side of Lawrence Taylor with the Giants Um, and and it's just such a thrill and and to see you guys and to see this new draft class come in, I mean, you know, I talked to these guys on the phone and I mean, it is just, you know, their lives are transforming right before them. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's like, how does it feel to be drafted in the National Football League? You know, my God. Um, You know, because I I know what it's like. I mean, I went to SMU intentionally so NFL would scout it, where I'd have teammates that would be guys that would go into the NFL. Because I really, you know, wanted to experience, like, what that was like, you know, and and it's incredible. It's just incredible, and a blessing to be part of it, you know.
0: Yeah, you're one of the decision makers on dreams coming true. I was one of them, picked 222, uh, 13 years ago or whatever the case. And that whole the whole thing you just said, a teaspoon of inspiration can really do wonders or whatever. Hope is really all anybody's looking for. And the NFL has provided that, that for so many people, for so many generations. You should be very fucking proud that you're one of the old school guys, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> let's move. Let's move along. You said something in that answer, though, that was awesome. You know, you said, hey, with with Matt Ryan under center in this roster, you know, why not? And you have been an owner that has been very open, like, hey, we're here to win. I I, I don't know what every other ownership group is talking about. We're here to win. I'm going to build a new facility. I'll give you everything you possibly could need. Let's win here, which is, I think, why people love playing for the shoe. Why did you think there needed to be a quarterback change from Carson? There's been a lot of shit that has been said publicly about how you feel about it all. And why did you think Matt Ryan was the uh, right guy? And how involved with both of those decisions were you?
2: Well, you know, it's so... Important, and you guys know, um, you know, playing in the NFL and those things about the quarterback position. That, that, you know, the interesting thing is you can't just, you know, get Peyton Manning or John Elway, put your feet up and say, well, the work's over, you know, uh, we'll just win multiple Super Bowls. I mean, Peyton in 2001, we lost six games. He was completely healthy at 24 years old. And, you know, Edgerton had got hurt in the roster, it got diminished. And uh, we weren't quite ready yet. And even though we had paid man it wasn't enough. But on the other hand, if you have everything else in place, that that is the guy. We know more than ever today the way that, you know, the rules have changed, the way we throw the ball, just everything. You have to have that guy. I mean, you know, and if you want to get to where we want to get to, and, and like they say, you know, I talk about winning three straight Super Bowls and people say, oh, that's, you know, right there. Look, it's been said if your dreams, you know, aren't big enough to fail at getting, then they're not big enough. You know? I, I mean, you know, you, you go out and, and you really dream about, you know, what, what, what you really want to do on the highest level. And I think bringing in... Matt was was clearly an essential thing for us because we needed consistency, we needed leadership, we needed those sort of things that that we were just you know missing. In, you know, in the end, and and believe me, Carson did his best to bring it. I mean, he worked so hard. He came in, you know, just trying to bring everything he could bring. You know, and 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 so. I give him credit for that. I mean, he it's not that it, it wasn't his lack of trying or something that didn't get us there, but it just wasn't the right mix for us or him. And, and um, you know, Matt is such a perfect mix here, and it really is exciting. Like I said, you look in the eyes of, you know, Frank Reich or, or Chris Ballard and people in the organization, they, they just turn into a big smile and just go, you know, I haven't really experienced this since Peyton's days, having a guy like this. I mean, I mean, this is a Navy SEAL, this is an astronaut who's going to Mars. <laughs> you know, this is this is a, the right stuff guy. Special. I mean, he's the type of guy if you're landing on an aircraft carrier, you want him being the pilot. You know. <laughs> I mean you know, I mean special guys and, and there's not a lot of guys around that can do it. And There's not a lot of guys around, you know, who want to do it because it's not easy being that guy. I mean, everything's on. you. I mean, you know, you walk through Indianapolis this year and everyone's just staring at Matt Ryan's arm. It's like, that's our future. Don't touch that arm. You know, (laughs) something happens to that right arm, we're done. You know, know, and and, and it's just, you know, it's incredible, you know, because, you know, he brings something at this point at 36 years old and all he's done and the person he is it was just a perfect fit for us and and sometimes we didn't know that was happening i talked to chris about that and frank when you know that night you know after jacksonville in the office and going forward it's like we can't
0: hey were you pissed jim jim were you they were dressed like clowns in the stands they were dressed like clowns jim they were dressed
2: like clowns down there jim well, I, I, I can't say I have the words to say what I was, you know, it, it just, you know, just, just thank God I'm a law abiding citizen. And, and, uh, you know, <laughs> that it wasn't medieval times, you know, I, mean, I, 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 I mean, it's just like, you know, just, just, you know, it was beyond, you know, pissed and bewilderment. I, you know, honestly, I don't think I would ever, I mean, I've experienced some losses in the last half century, you know, some really tough losses. But I don't I've never been through anything like that. Really I have never. I mean, you know, sure we're all set up and we lose at home to Pittsburgh or San Diego and Peyton's here when, you know, we're winning thirteen, fourteen games or something, you know, after a bye week and everything. And I mean that's, you know, super tough and and you know, losing to New Orleans in the Super Bowl, obviously those are always you just never get over that. But but this was different. I, I had never experienced anything like this. I mean, because, again, you have to remember the game wasn't even close. I, don't I, mean, <laughs> I mean, we weren't even competitive. And to make it even seem worse, they won and still got the first pick. pick. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's just like, how do you even? There's no logic. It's like, you know, two and... Two equals seven. I mean, it's like what? I mean, I mean, I thought I'd seen everything. I thought, I, I mean, you knew there was a ghost in the machine. I mean, that's not a question of, of being a little bit, you know. Well, we were a little. I don't know why we are a little flat today. Flat, flat. I that. I mean, that is not flat. I don't. I don't have a word for what it is, but you know. I, it just, it, you know, flat doesn't do it. You know, it just, you know, it, it, it really was something. Um, honestly, it was something. I mean, you know, after the Raider game, it was so hard because you're eight point favorites at home, and you want it. That's where you got to get. It. You really want to clinch that there. But everyone is just figuring, well, you know, thank God, you know, we get to go to Jacksonville. You know, and say, and again, it wasn't even competitive. I you mean, understand what I'm saying. I, mean, I wish I was in there. Hey Jim,
0: I do know what you're saying because I was having the same exact thoughts that you were probably having. You just so happen to be the owner. And I think the fact that you and most of the fans share the same emotions is why the Indianapolis Colts have been good for so long. Because you won't sit back and let that type of shit just become the norm, which is
2: great news. I mean, you know, before the half, and it's like, call the airplane, we're going home. I mean, I mean, I mean you know, I, I mean, you just, you just go. I mean, everyone, you know, around trying to be optimistic. It's like, get away from me, I. You know, don't I see reality? I mean, this ship has sailed. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I mean, I mean, it was just something like I've never seen. All right, let's move I, on. I hey, let's
0: move on. We're gonna move on. We got Matt Ryan now, <laughs> Navy Seal, astronaut. Yeah, let's yeah. go. That was a great uh, comparison, by the way. That he just is a separator as opposed to just somebody in the NFL. I want to ask you about the league because not a lot of people get a chance to really experience the league like you did. Obviously, from the jocks and socks all the way through GM and being hands on day-to-day now your ownership we hear about this one per club meeting that happens at the owners meetings is that when everything's actually handled like or is that the big is that when all the big-time decisions are made or how is the process of decision-making in the NFL you think because so many billions of dollars are on the line every single thought process that happens for you guys how important is that one per club meeting and how often are you guys in contact with each other uh, ownership wise
2: well, you know, it's a great question, actually, and, 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 it's, and it's a great question more than ever in these times, you know, because, you know, I'm a big advocate um, on where we're at with that. And, you know, yes, you know, we've started this one per club meeting where not only one per club, but principal owner only. And if the principal owner is not there, the club cannot be represented. And number two. Is you know, I you know you see we have a lot of owners that are new owners um, that that have been in the league for not too long. We we have you know some owners that you know are, are are taking over for you know their family like in Detroit or something or Tennessee you know that you know haven't been owners and now are becoming owners. So uh, you know, and then you have some some owners that are, that are are really, you know, dominant, hands-on, you know, up involved in everything. And, and you know, my, my position is, and, and it kind of, you know, happens at these meetings, I'm like, you know, hey, get up and ask questions, get involved. You know, you don't have to be shy about asking any and every question. This is your league. At the league office, they work for you. You know, everyone at the league office works for you, and this is your league, and know what's going on. I mean, and don't be afraid to ask because you know there's big issues that come up, and and you know, and people say, "Well, God, I, I didn't really even know that." I mean, I just and, and and it's like you know, but they don't even get up and ask sometimes. It's unbelievable, you know. And, and again it comes from this aspect of like well maybe i don't want to look like i don't know or i don't want to um, you know maybe i shouldn't but it, but really it's trying to initiate more of the older days when you know there was 15 teams only and only the owners met and george hallis was there and you know the you know uh, tim Mayer was there and, and the you know real guys that founded this league And they got involved and made decisions. And, and, you know, everyone, because committees are great, but you get these pockets that start controlling things. And, um, you know, I'm not a big believer that if you're not on the right committee, you're out of the loop. And you can be if, you know, and and we're trying to initiate more of that now um, and, and get owners involved. I mean, only owners, only principal owners, And really talk about that, Pat, because it's a great question because it's really something that's been going on that's been on my heart a lot and it's been, you know, kind of an, you know, I've been an advocate more of, you know, if you don't know, ask, talk. You know, you can say anything in these meetings to each other. I mean, these are your partners. Be direct and and say what you want to ask. I mean, it's unbelievable sometimes people just sit back and, and, and they they don't i mean um so it's a great question these these only owners means have kind of started more um because you know thankfully they've been requested by by some uh to just get more informed um than they have been
1: is, is this meeting one of the places where you could stand up and say or another owner could say hey uh Jimmy Haslam, you guaranteeing two hundred and thirty mil to Deshaun Watson really puts everybody else kind of in a tough spot when we're trying to acquire quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think anyone would, you know, direct, you know, uh, you know, a, a, a direct, you know, I mean, you have to be careful with, you know, with antitrust. I mean, you can express your opinion, uh, but you know, you can't control, you know, um, you know, you can't, you know, have side agreements. With owners like, hey, you know, we promised, you know, right in your blood here, no guarantee contracts. I mean, you know, you, you can't drift into those, antitrust hey, collusion laws. But you can. I mean, you absolutely can, you know, talk like a man or a woman directly. Like you talk to your friends. I mean, real talk, not not bullshit. I mean, real talk. Say what you want to say. Look, I mean, don't be afraid to say it. You know, I've done it many a time. There was a guy gonna buy the Redskins and he's in the room and everyone's worried because he sues his partners this is his MO, that's his history. He sues his partners. And they you know, they're worried about the guy. So, you know, we have the meeting and I just get up in front of all the owners and, and on record I say, Look if you don't get the Redskins, do you promise not to sue the league? Quiet. And it's a yes or no answer only. Oh well oh mm hmm you know, and, and, and then, you know, the meeting breaks down, the whole thing breaks down. And, you know, afterwards, a few owners are like, oh, Jim, I can't believe you asked him that. Like, well, why wouldn't I ask him that? I mean, you know, was he going to take a machine gun out and, and kill me in public or something? I mean, you know, I don't understand why would you pussyfoot around? I mean, I mean I'm from Chicago, you know. We talk direct there, man. I mean, it's like, (laughs) hey, you got a problem. I'm right here. You know, I I mean, you want to talk about it, please do, because, you know, that's when relationships are strengthened, you know. And yeah, there's some frisky things that happen. You know, we keep it in the room, though. It's really one of those things where, you know, we don't like it to get out, you know, to the... Media, You know, yeah, you guys, hey,
0: you guys always seem to be on the same page. It's one of the most impressive businesses that's ever been run, especially because it has become the biggest league on earth. You guys always seem to be on the same page, regardless of anything. So anytime there is a little bit of a disagreement among owners for us who have to cover the sport on a day to day basis, we're like, well, this is not normal. This must be something you guys always seem to be together with the future of the. You know how it
2: is. It's the same way when you were teammates. You know, you've got your teammates back. You know, you may not necessarily agree totally what that teammate's doing, but but you're not gonna go out publicly and you know slay him. You know, you're you're gonna have his back. I mean, you know, it's 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 that unity, and and you've got to do it in private in person. Sometimes directly to him, you know, you or her. Just you go up and say, Hey, you know, and, and this, you know, this is how I feel. You know, what are you doing? You know, I want to know. You know, why did you do this? Or, um, I, I mean, there's there's plenty of things that happen that way. And, and I think it's really important, um, you know, as the direction of the league. I, you know, I'm always, you know, looking at, um, you know, where we are now, but where we'll be 10, 20 years from now. Oh, hey, hey Jim, it,
0: let's get to that right now. There's a lot of money coming into the league, Jim. I mean, you're talking about Amazon's already in here. They got the, they're going Not see- enough, Pat. No,
2: Jim! Oh, wow. Jim! Uh, I, you know, look at our brand, you know, Amazon grosses $400 billion a year. We gross $22 billion a year. I mean, you know, not enough. I mean, you know, we have to get more expansive and, and, and understand that, yes, we always have to take care of the game. I mean, the old owners always talked about that. Don't grab every dollar you can. Protect the game because you lose the game. The game is what matters the most, period, because the game is what's great. And, and with that game comes so much interest and prosperity. But I don't want ticket brokers taking my money, fantasy football. I mean, you know, I mean, people monetize your money. I, I mean, that that's something, you know, that, that is, is um, you know, too much of that has gotten out. And we can also do a lot more, you know, Expanding. I mean, look at you know, Amazon's going to the moon. Okay, I I, I mean, you know, Musk, you know, and, and Bezos, they're interested in Mars. I mean, you know, that's not what they do do, but they're smart enough to know, hey, space is going to be big bucks, and and I'm on it. You know, that's my company. You know, but to to be able to go to Mars, for instance, privately, which you can't totally privately do, but to be involved in space, you know. You have to set up a whole different section of your corporation and it takes massive overseeing, you know, of really smart people, you know, because it's fine to have dreams and great, you know, visions on, on how you can expand, but it's how you execute it and how you monitor it and, and, and who are the people you're putting your trust in, because you can't do things you don't know about, but you can hire people smarter than you to do them and make sure they're on your side. So we have to look differently going forward as a league at what we're doing because then we're starting to. But but we can do a lot of things. um,
0: You think you're up? Hey, Jim, is Europe your Mars, you think? You think Europe? Is that, you think Europe is the next big one for the NHL? Where do? You, how do you think expansion goes? Well, I,
2: I I'd like to play on the moon, and we will someday. Trust me, but I don't think <laughs> I'll be alive for it. Um, I would like uh, to kick. I would like will. to kick the ball there. this day. you know, I don't know if it's going to be twenty-one sixty-two or when it will be, but there'll be a dome on the moon. There'll be a game there. It'll be great. You know, uh, there won't be any beaches or anything, but there'll be <laughs> holographs, and you know, we'll make it look like. Dubai. You know, it turns into, hey, this was just a desert, now look at it. You know, anything's possible. Um, But, uh, you know, I I think that, um, you know, with expansion, there's some exciting possibilities. We should be in London. You know, I I really feel like, um, you know, that it's very simple, you have to have an owner with enough means, and he has a base in London, a base in America. And the league helps with the schedule. You know, it's a shame. I mean, the Concords were doing great. You figured, well, they're gonna be like, you know, DC ten seven forty seven size Concords by now. And instead they just shut the whole thing down, you know, and and, and you're like, you know, well God, whatever happened to the Concord? I mean, we we're going, you know, from New York to London in three hours and now it's like no more Concords. I mean, so progress is interesting. You know, you, you want it to happen faster. Um you know, it's just like I'm frustrated with flying cars because I'm obsessed with that. Like I, want, I, want, I mean, I want a flying car. Hey, and me too. What I got is my phone instead. It's like, well, the future is on your phone really right now. It's not like literally in front of you. You can't get into a flying car. But, you know, your phone has it all. It's like, I don't want this phone. I'm not going to have this phone 14 hours a day like you young people do. No, thank you. Like, I'm not from that generation. But, you know, give me a flying car. And and honestly, when we shut down the Mars missions, you know, we were supposed to be going in 2024 and and we shut it down. But a lot of people don't realize is, you know, from here to the moon is 208,000 miles roughly, you know, 200. So you can think about that. Well, in this country, you know, a long road trip could be 4,000 miles and. You know, how far it is to Australia. You know, so two hundred thousand miles, you know, that you think about that and you know, that's far, but but like Mars think about this, is two hundred and fifty million miles. (laughs) Two hundred and fifty million miles. Um and uh so you know, that's a little different thing because you know, when you go, you know, it, it takes about anywhere from you know, nine to 11 months to get there depending (laughs) on the (laughs) environment. Are you going to fucking Uh, Mars? Jim,
0: are you going to Mars? It sounds like you're I wish I was. uh,
2: You know, maybe you have, I think you have a chance to do a show from there when you're 80, you know. I don't think it'll be soon enough for me, but, but, um, you know, uh, I I love the fact that, um, you know, where where the future may go and, and, you know, but I I think so much about our game and, and make sure, that our game, yeah. you know, is protected as we go forward, because there's been a lot of changes in it. We've been through, you know, some difficult times with with trying to deal with the changes and deal with concussions and deal with the the physicality of it by keeping it the same way. And uh, you know, I've always been, you know, I don't really agree with it. I mean, look at I played at SMU for free, and you know, yeah, I got beat up in those things, but I, you know. I wouldn't change it's it. Football. You know, it's, like, it's like mountain climbers. It's like you fall sometimes, you know. It's like, I mean, that's the thrill of the climb, you know. It just, you know, don't do it. I mean, are you stupid? You know. If you don't, if you don't want someone 300 pounds running for a six, to knock the hell out of you, then don't play football. Yeah. You don't have to. There's then an anyone chain expect- you in handcuffs and say, you must play this game? I mean, no. I mean, it, you, you do it because you choose to. And, um you know, we always did it because we chose to. And, we, you know, we did it because we loved playing, you know. And I never experienced professional football. And, you know, I always envied you guys that did because it was so remarkable to be that good to get to that level, you know.
0: I think there's an expected level of danger that comes with football, but as more and more data and analytics come out, I assume you guys will continue to adjust the game so the league will be in good hands for when we get to Mars in 50 years or so. Or maybe Jim Irsay buys the Concord plane company back and we're able to get to London quicker for a team in London. Uh, Expansion should be beautiful. I can't thank you enough for joining us. I would like to hit on the kicking the stigma thing, though, because what you have done with your family to let people know – like, hey, mental health affects us all. The stigma that it's a negative thing should be no more. It should just be naturally understood that people go through stuff and some are going through more than others. Kicking the stigma has been a beautiful thing that you've really wrapped your entire being around. I guess there's a Kurt Cobain auction coming up that uh, you're going to get involved with. Yeah,
2: they're, they're going to donate 5%, you know, uh, Julian's Auction House, So we know, Julian. And and uh, that's great that that the family and and the Auction House have have set this up for a 5% donation. So, um, you know, certainly he shocked the world when this Australian billionaire bought his unplugged guitar from MTV for $6 million. I mean, broke every record, every record I had, you know, with David Gilmour's Pink Floyd guitar of $4 million. So um, who knows what this is going to go for, but it's going to be for a great cause. And you're right, Pat, you know, look at so many exciting things going on in this world like football and, like, watching your show and having a good time. And, you know, when, when you when, when you have mental illnesses, that gets all taken away from you. You know, you're alone, you're scared, you know, you're miserable, you don't want to stay on this planet. And, and we're out to reach those people because it doesn't have to be that way. And we're also out to reach to change the insurance industry that just won't, you know, um, allow insurance to pay for a lot of mental health things which, you know, destroys families and, you know, makes mothers get second mortgages on their house, you know, to save their daughter's life who's, you know, trying to get special health for her eating disorder. You know, it's terrible. But, I mean, in this country, that goes on. And, um, you know, so there's a lot of work to be done there. We appreciate you mentioning it. And you get a chance to kick the stigma by making your feel All right, all right, all yeah. right. You can help us. So don't miss.
0: Hey, it'll be an honor, just like it is, to chat with you and it was to work for you. You're an absolute legend, and I appreciate your time, Jim. I
2: can't wait to talk to you again. All right, buddy. Well, you know, we're peers now, so you know, I'll, you can borrow my plane and I'll borrow your plane and ours are in the shop. So. Okay. <laughs>
3: hey,
0: that'll be perfect. I appreciate you, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. All right. Oh, I right. love you guys. Love the show.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, we love you, too. Ladies and gentlemen, owner of the Indianapolis Colts, Jim Mercer. Yeah! Thank you all so much for all the love. Uh, go happy ahead.
1: birthday.
3: I uh,
0: just want to tell you again. Well, I appreciate you. Go ahead and uh, tweet out hashtag PMS Monday. PMS happy Monday. P- oh, can't do that. Do PMS happy I mean, Monday. I'm going to go to
1: Walgreens and order six more so I can do it just uh, like you. You think you can not get these at, all at all
0: Walgreens? That's the problem. This yeah. is earned here. This is earned. Yeah. Screenshot. PMS Happy Monday, hashtag PMS Happy Monday. Say something nice to somebody, could automatically enter to win. Ah, I don't know. Uh, How old am I? Thirty-five dollars $3,500. Very, very $3,500. dollars we have three winners of $3,500. Three, Jeez. three Jeez. winners of $3,500. Can't thank you all enough for watching and for allowing this to be my life. I'm excited for the next trip around the sun and maybe the trip to the moon for a show. Yeah. 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 You all are the best people on earth. Thank you all so much this weekend. Thank you, everybody, for coming, showing love. To my wife for, uh, you know, having the party and Darius Butler for just chugging a bunch I of beers. Bear. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Had a baby D-butt. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. You're the best. Bye.